Hi. What do you know? Not a lot. <laughs> you don't want to stop that thing yet? <laughs> Not yet. Yeah. Cool. just pulled it out of the package it's pretty slick man it's yeah pretty... so yeah i think i think people like it it's pretty slick how you been good good you <laughs> all i could say is good because that's all anybody cares about <laughs> <laughs> I had to, I, nobody would care <laughs> that's right i had to go and finish up uh, some spraying for uh, habitat work for a guy and just equipment. I mean, this year, I don't know what it is about, and it's just not, it's not just me out here. I don't know what it is about this year, but my gosh, just equipment failure left and right, left and right, left and right. And sure enough again today, I mean, I had to fix the sprayer, had to mess with the eight or the range. It just, I'm glad that this phase is pretty much over and I can have a couple months of just doing this and just sitting down and just, I, I'm scared to death to actually get on the computer and actually start doing uh, videos. Cause the way everything else has gone, my, my computer's going to crash. The hard drive's going to go tits up. <laughs> the, the, my hard drives that have all of my uh, footage on them are going to crash. Something's going to happen. You know, oh yeah. It's just what it's going to be, but um, definitely. Cool, brother. Well, I appreciate uh, appreciate you getting on. Hold on, uh, getting on again. I mean, we. Well, here, hold on. I, I'm recording now. Like for instance, for some. So I'm on the laptop. I just kicked the laptop on now, and the fan won't kick off. It just won't stop. Stop running. Oh so maybe God. the laptop's about to crap out. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> We'll see. Uh, right in the middle of this, it probably will. Oh, right? absolutely! Like last. So, all right. Let's let's before we even dive into anything. For I'm I'm already recording, but let me do the intro and then we'll we'll kick things off. Sound good? Sounds good. All Sounds right, good. brother. Hey, everybody! Welcome to Row Hunting Resources Podcast. All right, uh, it is another one of those days where I'm uh, actually I'm like ahead of the schedule. It's Thursday now, the seventh of July, not at 11 p.m. It's literally a little after three my time, and I have the Dirk Durham uh, on, and um, yeah. So Dirk, we tried doing this. Well, actually, some of this, some of this, we tried doing last fall when I was in Colorado. I was at the hotel, hooked into their Wi-Fi, thought everything was going great, and then I get back home and I listen to it and. Some way, shape, or form, the audio was just cutting in, cutting out, cutting in, cutting out, and just, uh -huh. yeah, and it just, it was unusable, and by the time that was, it was just too late. Your, your schedule, my schedule, we just really couldn't put it back together again, so I'd wanted to get you back on this summer regardless, but then uh, you guys decided to go off and do something stupid. And, uh, <laughs> create a, uh, a new little alcohol yeah so uh now i know that you guys have a rollout so this is the seventh you guys wanted to do the rollout when um the 13th um what is, what is, what, I, I guess I, I now what, days. what 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 day is that, that that's a i don't need that's like a wednesday i think that's a wednesday so do i so do i need to 
postpone this podcast and release it next Wednesday? Um, no, you can release it whenever you want. I no, do. It, I usually re- I usually do these Mondays. So Monday would be the 11th. Yeah. So we've been dripping, as you could see on social, we've been dripping little teaser videos out, you know, just kind of creating a buzz. And <laughs> I, yeah. put, I put one of those, the very first video I put on YouTube about it, some guy comments and said, this is terrible marketing. You didn't even show the product, blah, blah, blah. Terrible marketing. I'm like, yeah, but we got you talking about it. You commented, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, hey, you just need to hire him as your marketing director because obviously he knows what he's talking about. Right, right. Well, I've kind of found in my, in my personal life that uh, people can tell me about something once and I'll be like, oh yeah, that's cool. And then I immediately forget about it. But, and that's why we kind of been dripping this out. It's like, you know, we're we, we, about once a week or so, we're reminding people this thing's coming. We got this new thing. Well, what the hell is it? Um, I don't know. I'd wait and see. And then we've been kind of showing it little by little. That way, people kind of like see it, see it again, remember it. That way, they don't forget in case they are interested and want to buy one. Then, then they don't forget about it because you and me both know we're like, you know, squirrel. I get distracted. I forget, you know, important, important things I need to pick up or buy. And then it's too late. So, right, right. So now, all right, but obviously, um, if you have not, so let's just, let's just, let's just, so if you've not, if you've lived under a rock and you do not follow Dirk or Jason or Phelps calls or anything else, have not stumbled across it on YouTube or whatever, um, it's called the easy sucker. And the reason why is it is a, I would call this an external Mouth, external, you know, external read, yeah, external read style elk call, but it uses the guts of a, of a diaphragm call Yep. in a soft silicone type rubber housing Yep. that you operate the pressure, unlike, unlike your traditional open read style calls, your external read style calls, where you're using lip pressure on the read directly. This one, you're using your teeth. You're biting down with your teeth. Yep. And you're providing pressure on that call housing, that rubber silicone housing, and your diaphragm is inside there. Essentially, what you've done is you've created like a little silicone tongue yep. inside the call that engages your latex diaphragm read just like your tongue would engage it in your mouth but in this case you're not touching it with your tongue there's no moisture hitting it and the biggest thing i think that the the number one thing that i think is unique about this across all other calls out there is you inhale on this one so you're not putting condensation on that read. Now, obviously, if it's if you've got this thing sucked in your mouth for hours on end and you're just drooling into it, that's one thing. Or right. slobbering into it, that's one thing. But you know, if it's if it's super super humid out and cold or whatever like that, you, okay, you might get some you know ambient moisture from the environment, you know, that the humidity in there. But by bre- by sucking in, you're keeping all. 99.9% of your saliva out of it. Right. Keeps that read dry, which I agree with Jason and you on what I've seen so far. 
you know, your saliva moisture over time will change the dynamics of that reed. Sometimes, you know, in a mouth diaphragm, sometimes I like that reed, certain calls, I like a reed that's been wet in my mouth for a while. Right. Other times it were, you know, a mouth diaphragm will work perfectly when it's dry. And as soon as it's been in my mouth for too long, I've got to pull it out, put it in somewhere where it can dry and swap it out. So right. in this case, you're talking about keeping that diaphragm, that, that latex reed dry. Um, and then the other thing that's nice about it is you've made it to where the bell or the, you know, whatever you want to call that. What do you, what do you call the black part that where the, where the air or the sounds coming out of it? It's not really a bell really. I don't know what we call it. It's kind of like a sound chamber. It's there got you go. Like a, it's got an internal skeleton. Uh, Jason calls that whole thing a cassette. If you there will. you go. There you go. All right. So the opening of the, the X, the exhale port or the, or the exit of the cassette. And it is a little, Oh, there we go. It's a little tricky getting out first time. Once you figure it out, it, it's easy. All right. So I just pulled this apart, mine apart. So yeah, well, quite honestly, it looks like, you know, on your old PC, well, either your old PC or your, uh, your disc player on in your car stereo, you know, you click it, it goes, you know, like a DVD player. You can, oh, yeah. it kicks it out. That's yep. literally what it looks like. It looks like a little tray. Cause then, then your mouth diaphragm, the guts of the di my, that mouth diaphragm just set in that little tray, just like you'd put a disc a CD or a, a movie disc just sets in there and then just slides back in, in the uh, rubber housing. Cool. All right. So, you have, so you can get extra ones of these. Now, the thing that I think is interesting, and we're going to talk about your diaphragms here in a minute. So the one I just pulled out of there is a blue latex reed. Yep. But I also am looking at a variety pack of reeds. I've got a black reed. A uh, white or clear reed, or an opaque kind of reed, and then I've got an extra blue reed. So, stock when you guys ship them out, are they they're all going to come with a blue reed? Yeah, they're, they're all going to come with the blue reed, which overall will make all the sounds. Um, Jason really liked that one, and I said, "Well, it's a little bit high pitched, chirpy for me." So I really loved that black one. And we kind of fought about it a little bit. And he's like, well, I like the blue one. And, I, and then he did the natural one. He's like, I think I might not like the natural one, the white one, a little bit better. And I said, well, I still like the, the black latex reed. It's a little deeper tone. and But I can still make it the high pitch and even calf calls with it. So he's like, all right, let's do this. Let's, let's send it with the blue one because that one's really easy to operate. Um, and then we can sell an option at replacement pack of the three different ones. That way, if somebody wants to experiment and optimize their sound, then they can pick that up. Or if they want to just have extras in case. But I can't imagine they'll be wearing these things out too often. We've been we've been using these things for quite a while now, and it just you just don't get the traditional wear you do on a diaphragm, you know, since it's not inside your mouth and it's kind of protected in that housing. Yeah. So, all right. I'm and I literally just unboxed this just a moment ago. So. I pulled it apart, put it back together. So, geez, it's like doing math on live TV. <laughs> All 
why is my computer giving me notifications? I don't care. It's I do. I like the sound. Now, I will say, like anything, any new call, you're going to want to play with it. Oh, yeah. yeah it's yeah. a different it's a different we're, it's a it's a different world. Using you, we always talk about using your jaw, dropping your jaw to keep your jaw relaxed when you're making sounds. But when you're using a mouth diaphragm, we can talk, we can be honest, brutally honest. You're dropping your jaw, but you're also pulling your tongue. Yeah, I mean, you're you're right. using the muscle of that tongue to pull away from that reed as well. So it's not a hundred percent, you're just using jaw muscles to pull away from your traditional diaphragm. In this case, you are. There, there is no tongue engagement on this call whatsoever. So you're using your teeth and your you and your jaw pressure as you bite down on it, you're putting pressure on that reed. And then you're letting off as you, as you inhale and you can change that pitch. So it is, a, it takes a little bit of playing with just to, cause you're, you're, you're learning and you're just learning a new instrument is what you're doing. Right. right. And what's crazy to us is, so there's been three of us basically that's been testing this thing the whole time, Jason and I, and this, our engineering friend that's been drawing up all the, the drawings for it. And, uh, then we sent it out to a whole bunch of guys, uh, you, you yourself included, to, to try it out. And I said, guys, let me know if you have any trouble. And there's been a couple people reach out and said, you know, it's weird. It, I do it just like you tell me, you know, I put my bottom teeth in that bottom groove and I do it. And it kind of sounds funny, but if I flip it over and do it upside oh. down, it, it sounds right. What? But that same person said, I traditionally use an open reed style cow call upside down too. So I feel like the structure of her mouths, maybe the alignment of her teeth, maybe underbites, overbites, whatever, um, will affect where you have to place your teeth. So and, um, and maybe because the other thing too is the interior part of your mouth is going to be, everybody's going to be different. So the air coming through your mouth is going to go you know, through your throat, across your tongue, across your hard palate, out your teeth and through the call, maybe there's some difference in, on the, the flow of that air. Cause I just flipped it over. Now I got to play with it, but I, I will tell you, right. I think I do get a slightly easier execution with it upside down. I feel like the air flows better. I hadn't even tried it up. 100%. Down. I, I, I honestly do, man. I, now you can bite too hard. Yep. I'll play with it both ways, but no, there's some validity to that. Yeah. But so, that's the beautiful thing about it is, I mean, you just with anything, you just pick it up and you play. Right. Well, when we first started to work on this thing, this was supposed to be an exhale type call and we could make it make some elkish sounds, but it just wasn't good. It wasn't right. And they weren't great by any shape of the word for them. And we're on a zoom meeting there messing around and we had our zoom uh, microphone set up to where, you know, I think the factory default doesn't pick up certain pitches. So we had to go in and change the pitch. So it'd pick it up. And uh, I, I said, you know, 
what about if I like inhale and I inhaled on that thing and it was like, wow, jackpot, that thing, that sounds way better. And Phelps is like, yeah, I'm inhaling on mine. It sounds good, but we couldn't even hear each other. So we had to send videos to each other via text. And then we finally figured out how to set our zoom settings to, to where to pick it up. But anyhow, um, so like it was kind of a, a weird, we didn't intentionally go out to, to make an exhale or an inhale call. Yeah. Uh, it's supposed to be an exhale, but, but through testing, whatever, you know, it, it seems like the, the inhale sounded much better. So. Well, and, and that's interesting. I mean, I wonder, I wonder if it has to do. So, you know, we talk about bugles um, and we can talk about, well, we talk about back pressure building yeah. back pressure on especially latex reeds with bugling um i wonder if there's a dynamic to that as well where maybe there's some you know back pressure deal that's you know play you know in play with that as well when you inhale versus exhale well i kind of i've been watching my face facial expressions while i do this in the mirror right and one thing I noticed, like you say, you drop your jaw. I, I drop my jaw substantially more with the easy sucker than I do with a normal diaphragm. And I, and I kind of watch it. And I almost feel like as you drop your jaw, you're creating a larger airspace inside your mouth mm -hmm. to reverberate sound. I'm not sure exactly because, you know, it's the, the, there's no air exiting the call. It's in, it's coming in yet. Yep. There's, there sounds going outside the call, you know, projecting out of the call, but I almost feel like as you drop your jaw quite a bit, it gives maybe a deeper or richer tone. Well, your lawn, I mean, if you, if you think about how you're doing a normal mouth diaphragm, mm -hmm. all right, the more mouth diaphragm is in your mouth. The U is shaped, is pointed out, you're out towards your front teeth. Right. When you exhale, Yes, you're pushing air across that reed and it's going to vibrate. It's going to make sound 360 degrees around that call. However, the vast majority of the volume is going to be cast forward right. on that on, uh, as, as, as you ex exhale out. If you're inhaling and, you, and the way this reed, this in the cassette, if you will, the reed is facing just like it would be with, well, it's, it's the way the air is moving across this call. Obviously the reed is in proper position, but what that means is this reed is pointed to the back of your throat. Right. Which means it's, yes, it's making sound 360 degrees around that reed. However, but the bulk of it is being launched now into your mouth rather than out the other uh, other way so yeah i'm i'll bet you any money a lot of everybody and see this is the other thing too we talk about vocal signatures on different mouth diaphragms and different calls you know like why i do i use a mouth diaphragm and then pick it up and use an open read style call you you're changing the actual physical call itself which then is going to change change that vocal signature of the the vocalizations the call that the animal's hearing in this case, you're putting different. I just put the black reed in there. Ooh, I do like that. I yeah. it see. I seem like it seems like I. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'll play with that. I do like the black one. I do like that black reed. I have a feeling between how people engage their teeth on this, the reed that they choose to go with, and then quite honestly, the size and shape of their mouth and probably the size is the shape of their upper palate. And quite honestly, given the fact that you're inhaling, it's coming in, it's going to be engaging your mouth as well as your sinus cavity. Oh yeah. I'll bet you any, I'll bet you everybody is going to have a slightly different vocal signature just, just from the mechanics of how this call works and how it engages, you know, everybody's mouth and how, how each person engages it. The reason why I say that, and I don't, I think Jason was one talk about it. So for instance, the Hoochie Mama, when Primo's came up with that game changer, as oh, yeah. far as far as a mechanical call that you hold in your hand and you push because Carlton uh, had had, you know, they used that, they, they imported that Boodaloo call, what they call the squeeze me cow call or whatever, which was, it's a roe deer call. But if you push it just right, you can kind of, kind of maybe get a elk sound out of it. Right. But when Primos designed the Hoochie Mama, it was designed and engineered around an open read style call, which everybody knows that you can get just brutally accurate cow sounds out of. And all of a sudden it took it, the amount of dexterity we have in our fingers is more than we have in our hand, which is more than our arm. I talk about this with turkey calls. So you could put a, a mechanical call in your fingers and your hand and man, you could execute some just incredible cow sounds. The downside was it was so easy and every single call was made identically and it just, the, the air is pushed over a mechanical system and it's launched into the atmosphere. Every hoochie mama sounds exactly like every hoochie mama. Right. And so it became overused because it was so easy and it was, it became very easy in short order to tell when someone was, was pushing on a hoochie mama. Now they're still effective if you use them correctly, but that vocal signature became easy to identify and recognize just even for us on the landscape. Oh yeah. So I think Jason was saying, you know, with this, it's still a fixed and it's like an open read style call. Same thing. You, you've got a, a read, you've got a soundboard and you're launching that sound out into the atmosphere now, how you engage your lips and lip pressure, how you put air across it is going to change all the little, you know, some of the dynamics of the mechanical call. But if I pick up, say, uh, if I pick up Steve Chappell's trophy wife, or uh, let's just say, well, we can do the trophy wife because it's a, a um, polycarbonate bell on it. Pick up uh, Phelps, you know, open read style call. And then I go to, let's say, a Siri style call. Each one of those, open read style call, each one of those has a different soundboard shape. And then more importantly, each one of those has a different style of open read on it. Or not, I can't say, I, I shouldn't say the um, Siri, more, let's say like the fighting cow call. So that one is, is a long tapered, 
where you guys focus on a long skinny versus yeah. Steve or even Primos have a, a wide uh, read. Each one of those is going to give a little bit of a different sound, but each one of those in, if you take all of the Primos ones or all of Steve Chappell's, they're going to have a, a vocal signature that is unique. I'm going to be very curious about how this one performs over time because it is, it's, it is a, it's a fixed cassette with a diaphragm with a fixed housing. However, it's a diaphragm and diaphragms play off of your tongue and the shape of your mouth. This one has a silicone tongue, but you're still launching it into the shape of your mouth. So I'm very, very curious as we progress over time, will this fall into the pitfalls it's with every call, but will this have the same pitfall over time of, okay, it sounds like, oh, they're using an easy sucker. You know what I mean? Right. Or, or, right. Oh, they're using, a, they're using a hoochie mama. I know for a fact when I walk, if I'm listening to someone call, I absolutely can tell if they're using a, a Carlton fighting cow call. Oh, yeah. yeah uh, that you, signature you, is just boom. Right yep. It's, it's clear as day. Clear as day as well as the hoochie mama or, you know, pick any other, you know, type of call that you want out there. The mouth diaphragms, and I, and I know you guys have hammered this and, I, and I've talked about it a little bit, the, the people that really love the mouth diaphragm love it because two people can use the exact same mouth diaphragm and have a wildly, not wildly, but uh, at least a significantly uh, different vocal signature enough to where you wouldn't even know that they're using the same read you know yep, it, yep. it's going to have a different vocal signature so no i'm intrigued man i do like the black read by the way yeah, um, yeah that's my favorite now the other thing too that i that you know your videos talk about i we haven't touched on it here is it's inhale but this is i'm guessing was that two inches or not even inch and three quarter yeah, probably. About an inch and three quarter tops. It's two inches. I don't think it's two inches. That's an inch and a half. I think it's inch and three quarter. It's probably around. Come on now, Chris. I got it. <laughs> I got one. I've got one. It is. Inch and three quarter. Boom. See what did I tell you? I was measuring with my thumb. All right. So it's an inch and three quarters long by let's just say it an inch and a quarter inch and inch and a half wide the whole it's got a lanyard but the beautiful thing about it is now i can cut my hands around it and i it will change even though i'm launching the sound into my mouth cupping my hands around it because again anytime you make sound across any sort of read or whether it's a diaphragm read latex read or external style read Again, the sound's going to come out 360 degrees around that, that read. Um, so if I cut my hands around, if I cut my hands around the intake, it's going to change that vocal signature even more. But like you guys have shown, it is small enough. And the fact that you have that little groove there for your teeth, 
it's hands free. Yes. So you don't get quite the versatile sound hands free, but you're only going to use hands free to make your, you know, stop your elk to shoot. Right. Correct. That's what I was going to get at for those people that either cannot run a mouth diaphragm in their mouth because of their, the shape of their mouth or whatever, uh, or just, they have a latex issue or they just have a vicious gag reflex to where they've just never been able to play with a mouth diaphragm in their mouth. This now gives them the option of a hands-free cow call that if you're at full draw and you just, and you want to use a cow sound either to stop the bull or to get them just to give one more step, just to come clear out of it. They now have an option. Right. Or, or even beyond that. Yeah. It doesn't matter. I mean, there, however you want to use it, but the beautiful thing about it is it's not this, this large item that you it's, it's, it's may it's sized to where being hands-free is a significant function possibility for the call. Does that make sense? Yep. Yep. Yeah. That was one of our driving forces too, is we, we wanted to make sure it's hands-free, you know, this, this was, we try to look at different problems in, in the calling, right. You know, people, they can't use a diaphragm for whatever reasons are like, okay, how do we make something to make a call that you can get semi-versatile with, you know, with different sounds and tones, but that will also remain hands-free for, you know, for the, the shot execution. And, um, that, that was the whole, you know, idea behind this is trying to fix that problem for those people. And, um, and I think it works better hands-free that it is an inhale call because I've tried to use, you know, external reads before just playing around, you know, try to, okay, I can use this hands-free, but you're blowing it. When you blow it, it kind of, it wants to squirt out of your mouth. Yeah, I, I feel like if we were blown on this, it'd probably want to squirt out of your mouth a little bit too. But by inhaling, you're keeping it in in your mouth and keeping it in place, so it's not going to fall out. So inhale, it keeps it in place. Yeah, and if you need to do it more than once or twice. You can. So yeah, right on. So I'm going to switch out. Let me see here. This the black one went in that cassette, that went in pretty pretty darn tight. There we go. All right. Yeah, you can be quiet if you want. I mean, you can be stupid quiet or quiet, now, yeah. obviously you can't just launch on the thing because I, I was I was playing. With, I mean, it can be loud. I, I was able to get pretty darn loud with it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So here we are. We've been playing with these things and I've been playing with these reeds and bone dry, bone dry. So that's interesting. That's going to be also interesting to see exactly how long now these latex reeds last again, keep them in your refrigerator when you're not using them. But sure. the, the fact that you're not soaking them with your saliva and, you know, soda and everything, you know, all the food that you've been eating and drinks that you're drinking and all that type of stuff. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how these things last over time. No, I, Kudos to you guys. I mean, what, so what, how did you, how did you even, so, okay. You guys said you wanted to um, come up with another call. What, how, how, what was the genesis of this? What, I mean, like from day one, when did you have the idea of this? 
um, who came up with the idea and then how did it, how did it snowball from there? So this was Jason's brainchild. So we were talking about the easy bugler that we made last year. Yeah. And he's like, all right, we've got a bugle that people can use that, that sounds good. Even though you're not using a diaphragm, a normal traditional diaphragm, you're using an external bugle mouthpiece. Now we need to make something that people can use as a cow call hands free. So he started like drawing pictures and he was trying to tell me and I'm like, I, I don't get it. And he, I, I don't get what you're trying to say. And he started drawing these pictures and, and Abram, our engineer friend that does uh, all of our drawings for us, he's like, okay. And then they kind of nerded out for a while talking, you know, measurements, this and radius, that and yada, yada, you know, engineer talk. And I'm just like, okay, I just kind of checked out. And I'm like, all right. I just want to see the picture of it. So finally they kind of figured out what it would kind of look like. And I think we had like 10 or 11 different prototypes made from the beginning, just to test all the different ideas and theories and shapes. And, um, and they just kind of grew from there. Some of them worked pretty good. Um, well, at first we thought none of them were very good, but then once we figured out this was going to be an inhale call, well, yeah. a few of them actually sounded pretty good, better than we thought to begin with. So then we had to kind of, kind of pare it down from there. But, um, but yeah, that was Jason's brainchild. And, and uh, it was kind of a funny, weird conversation. He's like, yeah, it could look like this. And I'm like, yeah, you lost me. It, it could have a cassette. I'm thinking cassette. I'm thinking like, you know, cassette yeah. tape from yes. 1989, you know, <laughs> exactly. Motley Crue. <laughs> exactly. But well, I gotta oh, I gotta wind it with a pencil. What are we talking about here? I gotta carry a pencil with me in the in Yeah, the- right. Yeah, of course he's playing chess and I'm playing checkers. Yeah, and, and, and the sad part about it is half the people listening to this are not gonna have a clue in the world what we're talking about, cassettes and pencils. And yeah. that makes me sad. That makes me sad. <laughs> exactly. They might know Motley Crue, maybe. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe. Uh, so when did you guys get this essentially perfected then? When did you think you were like, all right, this is production ready? Like uh, last fall or are we talking a month ago? No, we're talking this spring, you know, this, this winter, probably February. We're like, okay, once we kind of figured out the, the, the sound chambers and everything else, then we had to get, um, well, if you look, it says Phelps Easy Sucker on it, right? Yep. I don't know how many times we went back and forth with uh, John Gabriel, our design guy, or, you know, like yeah. our imagery type stuff, having him like, okay, no, the, the CAD machine doesn't like this, this angle. That, I mean, so we had to really, there's so much that goes into building a stupid call, right? Just the just the, the lettering on it. So we had it pretty much nailed by February, but then you had to figure out how we're going to put some, you know, recognizable um, branding on it. And then um, the packaging, you know, and, and it like a month, less than a month ago, we were able to think like, okay, I think we can pull this off. We said, we want to do this by the, around the first or fourth of July. Cause that's usually when people start doing their, their buying for elk season right after the fourth. Yeah. We got to, you got to hit that window. And then, um, oh man, packaging. Oh man, it's going to be a little late. And like, okay, we'll do it on the 6th of July. And then, and then now we're part of the big, part of the meat eater corporation, right? And um, right in the middle of this, they've decided they want to um, merge all of our brands together on one platform for our website platform, right? Each one of us will have 
are individual stores and flavors that everybody recognizes, but they'll have a universal checkout. So it's like, oh, I need some a first light hoodie and I need some an FHF vinyl harness and I need one of those cool knives that Steve Ranella uses and, and a handful of reeds. Well, before you'd have to go to four different checkouts to yes. check out to get those. Well, now it's a universal checkout. So across all brands, you can shop and then have one checkout. So it's made shopping so much easier. So anyway, they've put that migration right dead center in the middle of our launch. So well, I wondered why I got like, what, what do you, you sent me at least three emails now. It's like, all right, we're going to launch it. Nope. Okay. Yeah. So now the launch is nope. Now, now the launch is that, damn it. Nope. <laughs> right. right. You know, and, and, you know, bless their hearts, all the, all the computer nerds on that have been working day and night on this are like, okay, yeah, we're going to have it done at this time. It'll be good. And as you know, <laughs> the first time you ride a bicycle, it's, it's never right. I mean, yeah. you gotta, you gotta make tweaks here and there. So uh, cross our fingers. They've told us on the 13th, we can, we can launch this thing and we'll be able to, you know, the store will be able to, to handle it and we'll be able to send out notifications. Right. And yeah, anyway. Um, so it's been, it's been a weird deal to try to get this off the ground, but, but luckily um, it's all kind of coming together. I think at the right time, you know, kind of, we're almost like Indiana Jones reaching through and grabbing our hat at the last second. We kind of, <laughs> we kind of did that last year with our easy bugler bugle tube metal tube. And then this year it's kind of the same thing with this. Um, maybe one of these days we'll become grownups and like get things that, you know, going a little ahead of time and get things to, to hit dates better. I don't know. You know, the answer to that. It's probably you, no. You, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let, all right. Give me two seconds while I, I play with something here a minute. Cause I, I want to uh, hold on a minute. Give me, give me a second. I'm going to grab a drink. All right. Sounds good. All right. So what I'm doing right now is here I am on zoom. It's been a little bit since I've been on zoom, but most of the time zoom has allowed me to be able to uh, do these calls with no problem. But now, all of a sudden, I get in the, mid in the middle of my podcast, here they are saying that uh, my session is about to be killed uh, because they're making me upgrade in the middle. I've got to pay for it now. Oh, that's, that's, that's frustrating, man. That's, that's, that's frustrating because otherwise I would have hit record like maybe after, cause it said it was supposed to be after the middle of the month. Well, we're not in the middle of the month. We are not at the date that it said it was supposed to be at. And then all of a sudden it's like, you're about, we're about to kill your feed until you pay us to uh, upgrade and pay for a subscription to Zoom. Wow. Yeah. So thanks a lot, Zoom. Oh, yeah. Because when I, when I, like I said, when I launched it, it said starting July 15th, you're going to have to pay. And I'm like, all right, well, it's not July 15th. Right. Well, I guess July 15th is a subjective date now. I guess, I guess. July, I guess, I guess Zoom identifies as July 7th as July 15th, apparently. I don't know. So let me. Uh...
there? You, you got me? I got gotcha. you. <laughs> I guess they were serious. Wow. <laughs> it, it, gave you a, it gave you a warning, a clock countdown. And I'm like, all right, well, fine. I'll, I, I'll hit the pause. I'll go through. I'll hit their upgrade button. I'll go ahead and do it. Nope. You're done. Bye-bye. <laughs> no Zoom for you. <laughs> So, yeah, so that's, yeah, so that's 15 bucks a month right there, buddy. 15 bucks a month recurring just, just for one person to have a conversation with another person. Now, hey, let Crazy. me, it, okay, listen, this is where a lot of people lose their ever-loving minds. Okay, this is, uh, what are, this is a, actually a good segue. This is a little, little aside. I, I'm, I'm all right with this. Um with social media, people just lose their ever loving minds on social media Yeah, about the fact they're getting shadow banned, they're getting uh, blocked or, you know, censored or whatever. And it's like, okay, you are on someone else's business. You're, you're utilizing someone else's business platform at the grace of their allowing you to be on there. And it's one thing, I guess, if, if, if you and I are just as Chris Rowe and Dirk Durham individuals, it's, you know, we're just an individual person just out there sharing cat videos and birthdays and, and making jokes and sharing memes and that type of stuff and laughing and have a good time. If, if that's the case and, and you're a little risky or whatever, and the, and the, the platform just doesn't like what you're doing okay, I mean, you're still on there and you're still generating user views and you're still generating revenue for that company in a way. Okay, maybe we, maybe we can have a, a, a conversation of whether or not there should be a, a, a more understanding quid pro quo. However, I look at some of these people that are complaining about shadow bans and everything else. And it's not that I like them, but, you know, if you're a business and you're making money off of your presence on Instagram or Facebook or whatever, then you're kind of using someone else's business to make money for you. I think that changes the ball game as far as what the out, what, what that company can or cannot do, unless you're paying them, unless you're paying them royalties or you're paying them advertising or, you know, you've, you've done something to say, okay, well, I'm going to use you and I will pay you this, or I will exchange you this in exchange for that. There is no quid pro quo when it comes to you're, you're on someone else's platform running a business. And so I think there, I think there has to be a little bit of, I, I've said this before, you don't have to like it, but it's their, it's their platform, man. It, it's, yeah, it's there. It so zoom. All right. I can't, I mean, it sucks, but here I am using their platform to communicate with you across several States. Um, and yeah, this is part of our business, my business, the, the, so I don't like the fact that I have to pay for it now. It's just, but it's just another one. Yeah. Cause I, I just, so I just did a podcast. That's going to be kind of a, this will come out on the typical uh, Monday cycle, but I just did a podcast yesterday that I had to just cut loose. 
some of the sportsman politics and some of the sportsman advocacy stuff going on is just driving me batshit crazy. And I had to, I had to tackle one, or I didn't have to, but I, I wanted to, because the number of conversations I was having privately was to the point where I'm like, all right, well, if I've already, if I'm already having multiple conversations about this privately, I guarantee you that there's other people out there in the stratosphere that are probably thinking or wondering the same thing. So sure. I just cut loose on it. Well, what I said in that podcast was a little teaser. So for me, same thing. I, we've kept our prices, you know, on our subscription stuff, the same for I like a stupidly long time. We've always wanted to keep it ridiculously cheap. So there was like literally no barrier into entry. Right. That ain't happening anymore, man. I just costs of web hosting cost of videos. To, I mean, just the, our cost went up last year a, a fair bit. And we said, now nah, we'll keep it the same. We intended to keep everything the same this year. And then all of a sudden, literally, uh, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago, out of the blue, all of a sudden we get hit with a notice. You're like, oh, by the way, you know, just like this, you know, it said July 15th, but you know, we, we get back on there and it's like, oh, by the way, the first of the month we're, we're raising because you've got this much video content and there's this many hours of video and you have this many subscribers where you're a, you bumped up a bracket on how much usage you're getting. Number one, number two, yeah, we're, you know, cost of everything is going up. So we're, we're bumping our, our service fees on you. And it, it jumped to where now it's like, sorry guys, we, we, we've got to, we've got to bump up our costs. We're not going to make it stupid, but no. it's just, it's just one of those things where it's like, okay, but I, my cost of business just went up and I tried to insulate everybody as long as I could. And it just ain't happening. So we're going to have to bump it up. And so here, I guess it is the, the free, the free podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we, maybe I just, we turned this around and I, I, I teased the idea of, you know, for the people that for some reason don't give a rip about elk hunting or, or anything else, they just want the podcast. Maybe I'll put up a, a Patreon thing to where if somebody wants to pitch a couple bucks a month or whatever for the, for the podcast. Great. But anyway, it's, I think we're in, I think we're going to be in for an interesting ride these next couple of years, brother. I mean, we thought getting through COVID was going to be interesting. I mean, talk about out of the frying pan into the fire. Yeah. It's, it's, it's going to be a whole new, a whole new experience, I think. And it's funny, you know, what people will, will, will pay extra for like, Oh, price hike on this or that. And like, yeah, you know, okay, I'll pay it. But it's the funny, it's funny. Like some of the things that they don't, they don't, they think they take for granted that they don't want to pay a little extra for, you know, good old Chris Rowe, he's going to have to charge a little bit more for his courses now, you know, but they don't take in consideration like the production cost, the hosting, gas to drive to location, film permits, whatever. I mean, this stuff adds up to an astronomical amount of money. My wife, she used to cut hair, you know, and anytime she had a price increase, which was usually a couple dollars on a haircut, right? Some people would just like almost lose their mind. Some people wouldn't even come back, yep. but it's like, you know what, when was the last time you got a raise, you know, yeah. them, you know, a lot of companies offer a two, 3% raise every year because cost of living goes up, you know, uh, hairdressers, you know, they have costs in everything they do, uh, gas money to get to work. I mean, it's, they're on, they're an entrepreneur, you know, they're on their own business. Uh, there's, there's costs that go up and just like you and your education, those costs go up. It's not fixed. So, um, 
And personally, I, I don't mind paying a little extra to the people I know that are feeling it the most, you know, it's like the, the little guy, you know, you're not some big corporation that has to absorb it. You know, they're, you're a little guy and that's, that's hard to absorb a lot of times. Yeah. I mean, so um, I get, I mean, there's example of both of us. Well, a question for you on one, but yeah, for me, so we're running our hunts this fall for our whitetails. I mean, you know, you, you, you followed me. So we canceled all of our, other than the first two groups, I canceled all of our turkey hunts because our population just crashed. Well, there goes what a quarter of my income. Yeah. Just boink gone. It's, it was the right thing to do. I can't ethically in good conscience have someone come to pay me to go turkey hunt. And we don't see a bird number one, because there's no birds on the landscape. And number two, all of a sudden a bird does show up. How in the hell do I shoot him in the face? He's the only gobbler we've got. And we've got a handful of hens that are going to need him, you know, cause the raccoon population is just going to rape and pillage every stinking Turkey nest, you know, until well about now. So it's like, I can't. So we shut everything down while well, we pay for a lot of our deer stuff in the fall with the money we bring in from the Turkey. So the Turkey pays for the deer deer pays for the Turkey. And it's just kind of this, you know, yeah. well, so we shut that down. Fuel now is $5 and whatever, you know, diesels five and change, whatever. Yeah. Um, herbicide costs went double and triple depending on what the herbicide was. Wow. And then again, and this is what, you know, you know, trust me, with, with my wife, we've had discussions. I had everything priced to where it was paying for my time. It was paying for all the materials. And there was a little bit of, you know, just general wear and tear built in. So it was paying, it was paying for itself. I never and never in the world would have imagined. So the Rangers broken down twice. It's going back. So my fuel pump is still busted. So it's got to go back in a third time. My ATV has got to go in twice. Now I had to buy a new sprayer and then that new sprayer, the, pump now i'm finding out is falling apart now i'm hoping that's warranty replaced but that was a thousand dollar sprayer that i had to buy um every single piece of equipment this year has broken down everything from a chainsaw all the way up to well just had it this is normal but I had to throw new tires on the truck cha-ching yeah and then had a uh, had two blowouts uh, or two uh flat tires on the trailer where the bolt or the screw or the, well, there was a, there was, I don't even know what the one was. Cause it didn't, anyway, the hole went in just slightly too close to the sidewall. Oh yeah. Oh, brand new tire there. So we've just hemorrhaged money this year to where it's like, good. I, but you know, it, so shit happens. <laughs> and like you said, you, it's interesting to what people are willing to spend their money on. I'll, I'll be the first to admit, I remember spending four to five dollars for a mouth diaphragm. And that was that was what I always okay, I'm gonna go buy another mouth diaphragm and it's five bucks. And right. then when I jumped on, and I and I'm not saying it was you or primos or what I, I don't remember where it was, but all of a sudden I'm looking at an eight dollar mouth diaphragm or a ten dollar mouth diaphragm. Yeah. My, I will tell you, my initial reaction was, what the freaking hell are you? What are you smoking? $10 for a freaking mouth diaphragm? Jeez, you're proud right. of your shit, aren't you? Right. Well, yeah, well, guess what? Latex ain't getting cheaper. The tape, and I guarantee the little aluminum, that none of that's getting cheaper. Shipping right. ain't getting cheaper. 
right? And if you source raw materials out of country, tariffs, yeah. tariffs have gotten out of control. They're, they're out crazy. I mean, which is good in some ways, but it's in bad in others. I mean, the, it, the consumer is in the end result. They have to pay more, you know, for those things. This is, this is perfect. So, and, and I say it's perfect because the, the topic I just talked about on my quote unquote bonus podcast was about the, uh, everybody's losing their mind and I'm, I'm not going to go down the road. <laughs> we can, if you want to, um, but everybody's losing their mind over that Republican uh, congressman in Georgia that put forth the idea of getting rid of the Pittman Robertson, you know, excise tax on, you know, firearms and all that type of stuff. And every, you know, everybody, certain groups are just losing their ever loving minds about how that's going to gut, you know, Pittman Robertson funds. And it's going to, you know, it's, it's throwing, uh, it's putting, you know, the North American model of wildlife conservation in uh, as a threat. It's it's that's honest. Yep. But no one's everybody's kind of strategically wants to forget about the frat. Why did he do it? He did it in response to the Virginia Democrat who said, "Well, we want to do something. We need to do something for you know gun control legislation." So they were going to increase the excise tax on quote unquote, assault weapons and, you know, anything over a 10 round magazine, 1000%. So a $500 item now becomes $5,000. And I'm listening to, so, uh, okay. Where are the action alerts on that? I haven't heard peep about anybody, you know, howl.org or click here and do, no, I've heard nothing. Huh. And then what? Yeah. So I'm sitting here. I'm like, and I start listening to to different people talk about it. And I like her. She's she has a podcast, um, a conservation podcast. Um, and she said in in the podcast, this particular person was saying, you know, excise taxes are paid by the manufacturers, and so they're not felt by the consumer. So this is a, this is a tax on the, and I, and that was when I lost it. I was like, okay, Chrissy's got it. Chrissy's starting talking. Pink. I was like, are you kidding me? Five, a thousand percent tax increase. And the consumer isn't going to feel that. Yes. The manufacturers are the ones that have to pay the tax, but they're going to price their goods with that in mind. Right. And if you're mm-hmm. going to say you're going to say, all of a sudden you go from, you know, right now the excise tax is either 10 or 11 percent on on whatever, depending on whether it's firearms and fishing and bow hunting, you know, all that type of stuff, 10 to 11 percent. Arrows are like 39 cents a shaft. I didn't know. I never knew that until I started researching it. But the excise tax on arrows, 39 cents a shaft. Huh. Yeah. So you want to know why you're spending $200 on a dozen arrows now when it used to be like a a hundred bucks on a dozen arrows. Okay. Things go up. So I'm sitting here right now. And and that's the thing is the tax policy guys were talking about the excise taxes for the Pittman Robertson. The reason why they're so well uh, received is because they're, you know, they're doable, they're they're acceptable. And and the people are are okay with paying a a 10% bump given the fact that it's coming back to uh, 
activities that that fund what they want to do. Right. A thousand percent yeah. increase. Yeah. Nobody's it, okay with that. No one. So, and this is the other thing too, is I, I was like, okay, it's, it's explicit in the definition of excise tax, excise tax. What is that? It's a pay to play type of deal. You either tax, you're taxing something. So we are consumptive users. Right. We go out and we kill things. Okay. The idea was if, or back in the day when you went fishing, a lot of people kept the fish that they caught. So you're going out on the landscape, you're taking something from the environment to you. Well, the idea was, okay, then you give something back into the system that will be used to help pay for the perpetuity of that or perpetuation of that system. So it's, it's a, I take, I give, I take, I give, I, it's, it's a revolving door where it's, it's a pay to play. It's sustainable. Correct. The second definition of excise tax, the reason for them is a mechanism to deter or discourage an activity. Oh, like paying excise exorbitant excise taxes on cigarettes. Why? Because we don't want you to smoke. So we're going to, we're going to absolutely jack the, the price of excise tax of cigarettes through the freaking roof hoping that it prices it out of your ballpark to where you quit smoking. But if you do smoke and you pay that excise tax, we're going to put the, the money back into what it should be like anti-smoking campaigns and, and re or for alcohol or gambling. We'll, we'll put it into uh, rehab program type stuff to where again, you're creating a problem. You're going to pay to help fix the problem. Right. right. But it's a, it's meant to discourage. And the, the stinking people that signed on to the 1000% increase of the excise tax flat out said, we want to price it to where no one can buy it. That was literally explicitly what they want to do. And we're not going to have any conversation about that because if you look at, and this is what I talked about is if you look at the, the graph of Pittman Robertson funds since 2010, it just does this, right? To where now in 2020, it was just shy of a billion. 2021, it was a, uh, it was 1.5 billion that came in. Why? Because the sale of semi-automatic weapons and ammunition did this. Right. Why? Because we've had politicians over the years that have said, we're going to clamp down and we're going to make these illegal. We're going to do gun control, blah, 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 blah. Back when the original gun, the assault weapons ban, you know, was in place, I don't think anybody thought it very serious. And then it was put in place. Well, then it was lifted and people were like, holy shit. Okay. So where now, anytime someone says we're going to enact gun legislation, everybody and their brother's uncle goes out and buys one, two, three, four more guns, right? Yeah, they hoard ammunition. (laughs) Okay, so the thing is, is all the people that are, losing their minds about this Republican who's going to, you know, gut the Pittman Robertson funds are willfully turning a blind eye to the fact that we are now well over a billion dollars annually, not because of license sales, not because, you know, I'm buying, you know, you know, grandpa's over and under or, or pump shotgun. no, the reason why we have so much Pittman Robertson funding is because of the direct sales of semi-automatic military style, big, scary black gun sales and high capacity magazines. 
So you don't think that if we shut down those sales, we're not going to gut Pittman Robertson. Right. It's like, can, can we, can we not have at least some point an honest freaking conversation ever? Can it only be polarized emotional one way or the other where, where all I do is I look through my little paper towel tube and it's just, I care about me. That's it, man. We're, we're in for a world of hurt. I mean, externally, what else is going on in the world? We're in a world of hurt. If our own viewpoints are that narrow. Yeah. So what, so to that point, what do your costs look, your production costs look like these days? Cause I, and I, and I don't want you, you don't have to answer it if you don't want to, but I'm friends with Jeremy Munoz, Scott Wilson. They both work in, they build molds and see whether it's CNC stuff or actual molds, injection molding stuff. They, they don't do the, well, some of the injection molding they do, but they, they don't do the molding. They just make the mold that they ship to the manufacturer that allows them to inject the stuff and create the mold. Oh, yeah. Dude, those are like 20, 30, 50, depending on what it is. I mean, the amount of money. Well, you used to work for Night Force. I can't imagine what what some of that stuff was. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The, the cost of raw materials and the molds or just having things machined like if I was at Night Force or whatever. Um the, the costs are outrageous, you know, the cost of raw materials, you know, just aluminum, for instance, uh, when I was at night force still, you know, it, it took a giant price increase, you know, cause at that time, I think, uh, there was all those weird, uh, import ban stuff and we could only use, especially for a company that, that does stuff that's for ITAR or whatever, you know, the, um, you're, you're building, stuff related to weapons or whatever. Um, you're, you're allowed to, to source your stuff in the USA. You can't buy over, uh, you can't buy Chinese or Russian, Russian aluminum, right? You're buying it here in the United States and all that. And all those big tariffs and stuff started, uh, hitting at that time too. But, um, but the price increase just went up and availability went down. Um, it was luckily, you know, at that time, when I was there, then um, we'd had some really good uh, relationships with with our metal suppliers, and they're like, you know, people that are just been price shopping us, those guys are going to struggle to get material. Where you guys have been with us so long, you know, we're going to make sure you get what you need. Yeah, but priority. You know, prices are going to go up, you know, 10, 20, 30 percent, you know, um, and that's that's the same as manufacturing calls. You know, uh, freight costs um, have skyrocketed. Um, I'm, I'm looking at dog food, right? Correct. I eat some expensive dog food because they're allergic to this or they're allergic to that. But my God, I'm just waiting Correct. for those, those uh, fuel surcharges to start jacking up the price of dog food. It's going to be astronomical. And we're it's, just in the beginnings of this, I think. You, you, you say that and, and it makes me laugh because everybody else out there is hoarding toilet paper. Our basement is full of dog food, <laughs> dog food and cat food. Cause we're like, Okay, number one, yeah, the 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 shipping surcharges they've got to start. They have to start. Yeah. I mean, I remember back when it when diesel went to four eighty a gallon, there was fuel surcharges. I can't believe that we haven't hit fuel surcharges yet. Number one, but number two, some of this stuff does, whether you like it or not, come out of China. And yeah. when's that going to? I mean, that could at any moment just be like 
that's that's turned off. We we have no supply chain issues anymore. So yeah, you know what? I, yeah, we we started. We, we've got a whole piss pile of stuff in the basement for the dogs and the cats and the horses. And I'm just just trying to make sure that okay, we, we're looking ahead. But how is so? How is late? So obviously you've got you have your you have your aluminum frames for your uh and okay so here's a question sorry i just rabbit hole squirrel um this come the the new easy sucker comes with an amp read amp frame yep there you go amp frame sorry amp frame with a read it have you played with a traditional non-amp frame i haven't when the easy sucker no i I don't think i have but i did with the um easy bugler okay and and it just didn't sound right because it didn't have that fixed spot for that latex to travel up towards you know that it's almost like a false roof of your mouth yes consistent distance all the time yes um so it didn't work with the hoot and that easy bugler I would assume it probably wouldn't work that good. Now, if we had engineered it to have those same specs in in the in the cartridge or cassette, if we had had you know engineered that in there with a uh, to to accommodate a flat frame, you could probably have the same kind of results. But I think you ought to play because I'm looking. I'm I'm eyeballing in the end of this, and yes, your you've got your amp aluminum dome over top of it but that is pushing up against the latex interior i'm looking through my stuff here to see if i got one later i'm I'm curious whether or not the latex would provide the same type now granted i you're absolutely right your upper palate is a bone it's it's bony i mean it's it's solid now it's obviously covered with flesh but it's bony and solid whereas this is uh silicone so it's not as solid and quite honestly actually i'm going to take that back i take it back i'm looking at where no i take that back you're right you would have to engineer it differently and you're biting and what you it's one thing to be talking about the pressure that you put on the reed side you're putting pressure on the dome yeah you're you're that's what's giving you the squeeze yep it if you have if you have one, it would be interesting to throw one in there and just play with it and see. But I'll bet you any money, no, you're right. I bet you the I bet you the amp frame is what's necessary because the amp frame that dome is providing the rigidity in which you're you're squeezing against. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right. All right. So anyway, sorry that was a little rabbit hole. That, <laughs> but so how is you know obviously aluminum is what it is, and you know how is latex availability these days? We have to put our POs in for latex almost a year in advance. So, I mean, try to gauge that like consumption, like, okay, we had a really good year. We're going to do that. Are we going to do that good again, man? You want to swing for the fences, but let's be realistic. You can tie up $70,000 in latex really quick. Right. <laughs> I mean, it seems pretty simple that like really latex yeah. and when you get it there, like a, it's a, it's a box this big. That's about $70,000 of latex. But, you know, you got to put your POs in, you know, a year almost in advance. Same with the tape. It goes on the, the normal diaphragms. Um, their lead times have just jumped out of this world. Um, 
and I rem- and I remember talking with you and Jason when when I had you guys you guys were making me my little own unique mouth diaphragm my uh, Elvira. Um, <laughs> we were talking about you get a a lot of di- uh, excuse me a lot of latex, and you're hoping it's the same latex you had before because it might be, you know, you you, you ask for it spec at a certain thickness, but right. Each lot of latex can be a little bit different to where now all of a sudden you get a lot of latex. And you're like, well, now we've got to tweak that. Cause you, what do you do? Send it back. Sometimes. Really send the whole yeah. thing back. Yeah. Sometimes we've had this happen before where um, they'll, they'll send it and we're like, this isn't even close. We can't, we can't build calls out of this. So you're on the phone. Hey, we need more of that. The right stuff. And the right stuff. Up and they're like, okay. It'll be a while, but they usually make it a little quicker. I don't know if it's maybe they sift through their stuff and find the right thickness or what, but um, yeah, latex isn't like a precise, precise uh, yeah. science, you know, there, you know, there's a lot of give and take on either side of the spectrum on thickness. So, um, and, and where they make it, you know, there's so many variables too, like, oh, it, it rained a lot this year. Well, there's a lot of humidity in there and it ruined the whole batch of latex they just made. So then they have to start over again. I mean, it's a. <laughs> and people, I mean, that's the thing is that's why I wanted to talk to you about this. Cause I mean, people have no concept. They just, again, me, before I started doing this, I, I didn't, you know, I'd be like, the hell are you talking about a, a $10 freaking mouth call. You're freaking high on crack. Right. You know, it's like, okay, well, it ain't, it ain't just winging it. Now, yeah, back in the day, people, I mean, to this day, you can still make your own, you know, you can make your own mouth calls, sure. you get the little kits and stuff like that for yourself, but, and, and you can do very, very well. But again, when you start getting up to production scale, where you have to be talking about mass producing these things, and each one of them has to be consistent to where, when I buy a Maverick or where I, when I buy a whatever, it is just like the last three that I bought. Right. Well, here's one. All these little, the little frame amp frames, right? This yeah. is what it looks like when it comes to us. Um, our supplier, we had ordered, I don't know, 250,000 of these things and they sent us new ones and they showed up and immediately they're like, something's weird or different about this. This doesn't look quite right. Well, you, you make the, you, <clears throat> you put one together, build it. And it's like, nope. And then you look a little, oh yeah. You start seeing the little places, you know, with your naked eye, you can call out what's wrong. You get a hold of them and you said, Hey, did, did something change? Are you, make, are you making a similar product for someone else? And they, do you actually accidentally send them us theirs? And they're like, Oh no, uh, your tooling wore out. So we went ahead and made new tooling. And uh, that's the, the new batches out of the new tooling. We're like, well, maybe you should have said something because these are not right. So you're counting on 250,000 frames and you have to send all those back. And now we're waiting, 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 waiting. Were they just too, too narrow, too small or too big or just overall, they look pretty good, but some of it, just the little angles and some of the little nuanced things that, that make a difference that you would yeah. never think would make a difference. Yeah. Like just the slightest difference will make a difference in how the call sounds. You're like, nope. So we're like, all right, we're sending all these things back. And then we're like, all right, scrounging, going through every single drawer, finding oh, yeah. good ones to make sure we can have something to build on. So, you know, people are 
you know, they want their calls, right? Correct. So, um, Correct. Finally, we got through that. And I mean, I guess we probably make it look simple and easy because, oh, Dirk and Jason, all they do is dink off and go hunting and have fun and, and say funny shit and, and goof off. But man, there's, it's still work. There's a lot of work involved and a lot of stress, you know, if you're not getting your, your stuff in in time. Yeah. And, and right there, just because someone is skilled enough to make it look easy. Right. I mean, that it's, it's easy. That's, that's the skill that they've uh, uh, acquired over many, many years. Right. Well, you look at Jason Phelps, he's a big dude, right? Yeah. Um, like he's got big hands. You wouldn't think he'd be able to do any kind of delicate work with those big hands. Right. I know I've got mediocre big hands and they're not real big, but they're not small either, but my hands are useless. I can't do nothing with them. I can't do anything delicate. I can't even type. Right. But he can build out calls like really good and really fast. Um, you know, and, and people like, you know, Oh, Phelps, blah, blah, blah. You know what? That guy's for years stayed up till 10, 11, 12 at night building calls for people or doing favors by like somebody said, Hey, Chris Rowe says, Hey, yep. Jason, can I get some of those calls? He's like, sure. He don't say nothing about it, but he's in there in his living room yep. at 1130 at night, making them, you know, yeah. a lot of people just don't see the, the sacrifices or the hard work that entrepreneurs put into making a successful business. And anyway, it's funny to watch somebody like a guy like Jason, like do it. I'm like, Oh yeah, I can do that. I get over there with my bumble fingers. Like oh, I suck at this. My wife. <laughs> I'll, I'll go back over here to the computer and I'll, I'll, I'll do some editing. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll say some stupid shit on on and, and film it, and I'll blow my bugle. Maybe that'll work. There you go. Just just get out of my way. I got my bugle. Yeah. All right. Well, well, let's segue to that. Speaking of which, I was curious, what has been the feedback on your different new bugles? Honestly, I mean, because I got to play with them last year, and it was very interesting. The difference in now obviously everybody knows i have a different calling strategy generally philosophy than you guys do so i use bugles a little bit more limited and more strategic i guess maybe for for certain i just anyway i i don't lean heavy on a bugling strategy but i did get to play with the metal tube and yeah, man, again we're talking about just different materials we're talking about that just the different sound this just the different uh, flavor. Yeah. Crazy difference. You know what I mean? Yeah. As far as what it, especially when you get it in the timber, when you get it into the tree. Oh yeah. oh yeah. So how has, what's, what's been the, now that you've had a season under your belt with them, what, what are your, what are your thoughts on some of those bugles and what do you, you know, lean towards each year? Um, we've got tons of feedback from customers that love them. They're like, man, these are great. Especially the, like the external easy bugler mouthpiece. So that, that thing coupled with that metal tube was just so loud and um, it can really carry, you know, a lot of people, they just could never bugle before. So they love it. But uh, a lot of people just really like that metal uh, bugle sound as well. Um, Nate Simmons, uh, you probably know him from Western Hunter. He's like, man, that thing is like awesome and loud. Like my wife got so mad at me for blowing it in the house, <laughs> about blew her eardrums out. But like from my experience with it, it comes with a, a flared mouthpiece. That flared mouthpiece, this is just my personal preference. I don't like a flared mouthpiece. I like a smaller one, 
whatever reason, I could probably get past if I just wanted just Dirk, just bugle through it. But I like the smaller one. So I use my old plastic tube all season, but Jason used that metal tube all season. He likes a flared mouthpiece. And, and I heard him bugling in uh, New Mexico uh, when he was with Lampers and we were across the way and stuff. And that metal tube has this, has a very, I think it has a very natural sound. It doesn't get that weird tubey sound like plastic tubes still, they do have a little bit of a, 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 a tube, a plastic sound ringing sound where that metal thing, it just, it sounds a lot more natural, I guess. Yeah. Um, so I, I was impressed with how it sounded. He, he liked it a lot. Um, did we talk last year? Cause I remember you saying that last summer, what about making that metal tube with your narrow mouthpiece, but being able to put a flared adapter to it? Like you could snap in a, a flared adapter or something like that to where, you know, yeah, we've talked about that a little bit. So, I mean, um, again, we get back to costs and engineering and all that, you know, what, how much, you're gonna, it's gonna cost you fifty thousand dollars to engineer it, build the mold, cat, you know, inject the mold the, the, and all that. And you might send you might sell ten thousand of them, right. you know. That, that's, I mean, that is a reality when you're looking at some of these things, but yeah, what what was the what is that? Well, where so, what I did, if you look at this, I I took my pocket knife and well, it was actually my Leatherman, my serrated Leatherman, and I cut off the flared part of the mouthpiece okay. to where it's just like a small. Yeah. 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 Cover so I can, so I won't knock my teeth out with that metal tube. Yeah. 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 Covers it, which, which I like it without, with, the, with not just the metal. I like the way it sounds, but I'm afraid I'll cut my lip or I know I will, I'll cut my lip or break a tooth. So this, I put this plastic thing over the end of it and I like it much better. So. Oh, all right. Well, there you go. That's easy enough. That's yeah. easy enough. You just have to kind of redneck it a little bit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, the other, other than talking about the easy sucker and just whatever the hell else you wanted to talk about, cause I am, I'm, I'm going to be very curious uh, how people, um, what people think about it. Cause I mean, picking it up, obviously we've played with calls before. I, I, it just seemed very intuitive. I mean, it, it didn't, it didn't take a lot of finesse. It just uh, pretty easy bite right. here, squeeze, inhale, let off. Okay. Now, obviously you're going to, you're going to get a couple iterations where you're like, oh, okay, I've got to feel the pressure. I got to get, I got to figure out the pressure. I got to figure out the volume of air that I'm sucking in. But after that, because I'll tell you for, as a deer call, as a grunt call, my fit, I, I hope to dear Lord, I never lose it. Um, but it's a primos like big buck grunter or whatever. It's a wooden barreled, uh, just a buck grunter, but it's inhale. And oh, yeah. I love that thing because it never gums up. It never gets condensation in it. It never gets gummed up. It doesn't matter how cold it is. I can, doesn't matter. I can call. I can call very, very well with it. So that's why I'm curious about that. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to see how people like this because it doesn't take a lot to play with to figure out how to get the sound out of it, number one. And number two, it does sound pretty darn good just i've i've played with it for what 10 a whole 10 minutes on and off so yeah so the other flip side or not the flip side, the other thing that i wanted to chat with you about is what we talked about last summer was your mouth diaphragms okay right you guys are still making 
what is it, 13,876 varieties of, of mouth calls? It, it, am I close? I think that's what it is. I think there's 11 different amp diaphragms. And then, I don't know, there's a whole bunch of flat ones. All right. So <laughs> the point being, you guys get, okay, you, you got, you have your, your personal rivalries and you're, you're joking around and you're fun and you like, you know, the whole rivalry between the pink and the, and the Maverick and then whatever else and all the custom stuff that you get, you know, the other calls you have. I think you did a great job with the marketing on just like, okay, it's the pink call. It's the red call. It's the white call. It's the, you know, you, it's just the color. Screw the freaking whoop-de-woo-ah name. Right. I like the blue. I like the whatever. Okay. The question comes, and I've heard you guys talk about this in other places, and I've talked about it in, in places. Everybody's mouth structure is different. Everybody's tongue structure is different. Everybody prefers to, you know, generally, intuitively, whatever, puts their own amount of pressure on a reed. They put the, their own amount of air across that reed. So just like boots or sneakers, if you really want to get good at your mouth diaphragm calling, you're going to need to find the right call that fits your mouth and your style of calling. And the beautiful thing that you guys offer is you offer 18,700 and yeah, <laughs> mouth diaphragms. Okay. You have depth of, or, or yeah, depth of product line and options. Cause it's not like you've got 16 different calls that are all the same thing. Each one of them is different and it, and it, and it offers the caller a little something different. It gives them advantages. And of, of course there's going to become some, some disadvantages depending on your mouth structure. So what I asked you last year, and I hope we can do that again now, how does a, the average person that wants to get, that wants to try uh, Phelps mouth diaphragms, or wants to really try to figure out how to perfect their mouth diaphragm calling, go about choosing the right mouth diaphragm when you look at all the mouth diaphragms that you guys offer. Other than just saying, oh, yeah, yeah, buy the Maverick or, or oh, yeah, yeah, buy, you know, Phelps Pink or whatever. Honestly, between the traditional style and then the amp style, I guess let's start there. In your opinion, or expert expert opinion, the average person looking at your product line, you're going to have your traditional non-amp style calls, and then you're going to have the amp style calls. What is the difference between the amp and the traditional? So that traditional is just a flat frame, whereas the amp has like a little hood or a little, little uh, mound over the top of it, if you will. Um, that little hood or mound creates a, a, a consistent distance of vibration travel, if you will, on the latex. It, you can't over push it. You can't um, compare to the roof of your mouth because some people have a deep palate. Some people have a shallow, shallow palate, which those flat, which makes those flat ones pretty tricky. It makes them very finicky um, to operate. They're, they're not as easily to be consistent with. Whereas like the amp one has that fixed place where you can only do so much. It's almost like a limiter, right? So it makes a, I, in my mind, makes it a little easier uh, for the average person to pick it up and use it, you know, to start getting consistent results. 
shape of mouth, you know, is going to dictate a lot of that though. Some people put that in, they have maybe have a shallow flat palate and they're like, oh man, it digs in the roof of my mouth. I can't use that. They're probably going to want a flat frame style. Um, but, but most, I would say, I would try to put most new callers that don't never use calls before. I try to guide them into the amp first and see if they can use it. And if they, if they can do it without it, you know, interfering with their roof of their mouth and, and hurting, um, then I, I would definitely encourage them to, to play with that one. Cause it's just, it's, it's a little more user-friendly in, in my opinion. Um, I grew up using the flat ones, you know, I know you still like flat ones. Yeah. Um, and it's funny every year we talk about, man, do we need to get rid of these flat frames? It's like, geez. But then we start looking at data and we still sell a lot of flat frames. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if it's just because, you know, folks that didn't know they should get maybe the other kind, maybe they just prefer them. Um, maybe it's old school guys like Chris Rowe. He's like, you know, I, I grew up using the flat frame. I can use them. I like them. If it's not broke, don't fix it. Correct. I feel like, I feel like that's a, a large customer base on that flat frame. Um, where the other one, like the amp frame uh, style, um, more newer callers or maybe callers that just don't know, you know, they would, they would probably want to go to that one. And um, something, you know, and, and another answer to one of the questions, how do you know where to start? So since we talked last time, we've, you know, I've, I've been working on this for a long time trying to get, you know, with Jason, like, all right, we got to make this easier for people to buy stuff. And then you said, I'm like, I agree a hundred percent. I'm with you, brother. And uh, so how, how are people going to know? So we, we made some three packs, right? The right. beginner three pack. So Excellent. we got three calls in that for beginner. We'd recommend for beginners. Then we have the signature three pack. That's Jason's pink, my Maverick, and then Charlie's purple one. Okay. Perfect. Signature calls. Why would I want a signature call? People that are like really hard on elk calls and go through a lot of them and, and maybe they call pretty hard. Maybe they want that signature signature call because it's got a heavier latex. It's got a little different spec. It's going to last longer, be more heavy duty, more professional grade, if you will. Uh, the other ones are great too. The just regular amps are really great too. But these, I think the, the signature one just hold up a little better. So we offer that. And then now also we've been working on this, uh, that new website thing that's coming, right? That's it's, it's, I think today was like the first day that's like actually rolling. Um, at some point that's in the plans in, in behind the scenes, it's in the plans. There's going to be a way to pick out, like, let's say Chris Rowe, I don't know a darn thing about, um, picking out elk calls. How do I do it? Well, get on there and you just like, you start like, just like if you were going to try to buy parts for your car. Okay. Um, do you want it to bugle? Do you want it to cow call? Do you want to do this? You start putting in the data that you want and then it'll make recommendations off of that. So, um, the, the trouble with it is there's a lot of nuance in the, a lot of these different calls where every one of them I can bugle and cow call with sure. but certain little different nuance sounds, but maybe, Chris Rowe will pick this one up. He's like, I can't bugle at all with it, Dirk. You said you could bugle with it. I can't make a bugle at all. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so that's, that's when Kurt was alive. That's the number one thing that I used to, I just used to be so frustrated. So you guys shoot PSE now I've always shot PSE. Um, and so it didn't matter. I mean, PSE would come out with bow. I, I used to be on the pro staff. I'm not anymore. Um, but they'd send you a bow. 
And, you know, it would come and, and some of them, like I've got two of them still on my wall that I'll never get rid of because these things just, I mean, awesome. But there were a couple bows that came, you know, whether they were short axle or they were, you know, ultra small brace height or whatever to where, man, I struggled to get a good paper tear. Now, paper tears, you know, not the end all be all, but I mean, you want to re- at least try to get to that starting point. Kurt used to drive me absolutely up. It did not matter. It did not matter. He could pick up any bow in any sort of semblance of tuning and he could eyeball getting it. He was like, well, this is where it should be. He'd put an arrow in, he'd pull back and, and I mean, like within laser specs, bullet hole to point, I'd pick it and it'd be my bow. I, you know, we, we do, I'd pick it up and I'm up, you know, high left tear. He's like, well, let me see it. He pulled back, perfect bullet hole. I'm like, you got it. So yeah, some of you just, you guys are in that zone of your expertise to where you know exactly, I mean, you can make all of these work. I mean, that's your, this is, this is your world. This is your life. This is what you've done your entire life to where, yeah, you know how to run all these things and play with them. Right. So the average novice, it's going to take them some time to get there. Right. You know? Um, what I told you, you guys need to do is, is essentially you need to come up with like the crazy hot matrix. You know what I mean? You've right. seen that, the, the crazy hot matrix. Yeah. You need to come up with, we need to, we need to go through that and figure out, you know, where, where do your calls line up on the crazy hot matrix? Maybe you don't, it's not crazy hot. Maybe it's thick, thin, tight, loose. I don't know how you want to. Where, where do hairdressers and redheads show up on this? <laughs> That's a, I will defer. I will defer to you, friend. <laughs> I've got a blonde. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, we do have that matrix too. That, but it, it calls out thicknesses and how much air pressure to put across. Perfect. So um, that that helps. But th- like you say, there's still some people that they've never heard an elk bugle. They don't. They're like, I want to get into it. And I don't know the first thing about which way do I even put it in? You know, that we have those people coming to the site. So, um, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm confident this new apparatus that's going to be in the, the computer system that's going to help people kind of pick it out. Like they'll plunk in the information. They can play with it and kind of see what may work out best for them. Um, I think that'll be a big help. All right, hold on. I'm going to, I'm going to type in. So you have that on the website now? I'm not sure if it's on the website or yet or not. I haven't looked at that feature. All right. I know I'm, I'm, I'm going to go there now. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to call you out. And I'm going to go there now. There's the bugle tubes. There's your opener. How's the, uh, while I'm doing that, how's the supply of your wood for your easy estrus, the, the external. Oh, dude, dude, that it's tough. It's really tough. Um, I was going to say, cause that's, yeah, let's see. Turkey Shop. call wood, um, laminated wood for easy estrus, acrylic for the easy estrus, all that stuff has like gone through the roof and availability is terrible. I mean, we're like scouring, <laughs> scouring, trying to get um, the raw materials to, to be able to make that stuff. So. All right. I'm, I'm seeing your, Oh, 
you didn't talk about these yet. So, okay. So I'm, I'm looking at your website and you, it, it just goes down through the list. You've got your amps, you got your, cause that's the other thing too, is you didn't, obviously we're getting to these. So you got all your amps, the, you know, you got your signatures, you got the orange, you got the black, you got the white, you got the gray, green, you guys. And this is what I'm glad that you guys have is the minis. Yeah. It's a lot of, man, I'm so happy that you, I mean, Primos that I met when I was with Primos and, and Primos came out and started doing them. I still to this day, remember just how many people like were like snatching, grabbing, got it, go. Cause there's a lot of people that do well having a smaller frame, you know, a smaller call that's just going to fit oh, yeah. in a smaller mouth. Even in, in even people that have what you'd call maybe a quote unquote normal mouth. There's some people that just, do well with them, you know? So you guys have oh, a yeah. good, you got, you have a fairly decent, uh, I mean, at least a three pack, you got the blue, you got the white and you got the orange. Is there any other minis that you have? That's it. There's just three. Okay. All right. But, the, but each one of those white. has a different, each one of those has a different latex thickness, different stretch, right? Yep. Yep. You have uh, uh, the orange has a light latex. The blue has a medium latex. The black, the white has a heavy latex. Gotcha. Okay. And then now I'm looking here and they, they looks like they've got that, um, that thing to help you pick out at the top, very top, right under amp diaphragms. If you look, it says species, oh, yes. experience level, vocalization, volume, palette size. Okay. So well, it helps kind of narrow down. Where, where are we, is that the filter? Yeah, a little filter. Right, oh, check right that out. Sweet. Okay, all right. So we're going to play with this here. Hold on a minute. I have not seen this. So we're going to play with this. So yeah, you go to phelpsgamecalls.com, okay? And then you're going to, you'll get their page. And you go to elk, you eat all mouth diaphragms or all yep. diaphragm calls, whatever. So, or you click elk and then all diaphragm, all elk diaphragms. And then right at the top, it says, it says 27 results, but then there's a green little bar that says filter. Click on filter and boom. You get this other little slide out menu, that slide out menu, the top one says species. All right, I'm going to click, bam, elk, yes, got it, okay? Experience level. I'm going to say, you know what? I'm going to say intermediate because I'm I'm not a competition caller. I'm going to say intermediate. What's Okay, here's a question for you. Maybe you do or don't know. There's You got beginner, expert, intermediate, traditional. What's traditional? I don't know where that came from. I'm going to click on it. Oh, that's flats. Oh, that's flats. Okay. I got you. Okay. All right. I'm going to say you it's row right there. All right. Well, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to go, I'm going to go intermediate. I'm going to go intermediate. Okay. Vote. And then the next one is vocalization. Ooh. Now can I, cause it, it lists out calf, mature bull, mature cow, medium cow, raghorn, spike bull. Okay. I wonder if I can click on more than one. I think you can. Okay. Well, I think you click on one and then you can go back up and click on another one. Yep. It just, it, it processed it, but then it allowed me to go right back there. Medium cow. Boom. Yep. It allows you to pick more than one. All right. So I picked three. I picked calf, mature cow, and medium cow. Okay. Volume for me, I want high. I can tone it back down, but I want to be able to rip if I want to. So boom. You get okay. So now the next one is palette size. This okay, it's only one option right now is normal. Okay, boom, 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 boom. 
Now what do we do? I'm on my phone, so I don't know where to go after that. Oh, I'm on. Yeah. So yeah, I think yeah, whatever you're whatever you're left with, there's kind of what you got. It didn't it doesn't scroll down for me? Maybe I I completely foobarred it. Oh no! Oh. Okay, so 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 no, I'm with you. So on the phone, all right. Dirk is on on the computer. I'm on my phone. So the the slide out menu almost takes over the whole screen. When you go through your filter and you're done, just click outside of your slide out screen and it'll roll you back to the main page with your result. And it says, I have one result, pitch black three. Yep. How, how close did they get? What do you think? Um, it's pretty high pitched. It's loud. Um, yeah. I haven't played with the pitch black series. I was going to, I was going to tell you, I was going to, uh, a buddy of mine got them. He liked them. Yeah. $10 and yeah, like 39 them. cents. Are you kidding me? No. <laughs> pitch, <laughs> so pitch black three. So there you go. Pitch black three is what I came back with based on elk diaphragm. I'm an intermediate caller. I wanted to be able to do cat, basically all cow sound. I want calf calls. I wanted loud cow sounds. I wanted medium cow sounds. Um, I wanted high volume and I'm, you know, I'm just a, you know, normal palette. So that is an amp frame with what's the, what's it's a black reed, but what's the, what's the thickness and tightness on that one? Is it? It's a, it's a little less thick than the Maverick. Okay. And pretty close. Like the number three, the pitch black number three is about the same tightness as the Maverick. The number but the pitch black number three is tighter than Maverick. It's their tightest stretch of any of them. Oh, and the pitch nice. black one is is probably equal to that gray one. Nice. All right. So I'm gonna go. Let's, so let me let me go back and let's play. Seriously, I want to play with this because this is this is slick. This gets to this is better than I think. This might actually end up being better than the crazy hot matrix that I had I had thought of you know last year because still they're subject you know how do you, how does the person looking at the crazy hot matrix figure out where they are on the crazy hot matrix? Cause all of us are going right. to say we're smoking hot and not crazy. And then you just, you walk <laughs> yourself into a situation where you know, you're not your ugliest sin and you're batshit crazy. And you got the wrong diaphragm. You've been catfished. <laughs> there, there, there you go. All right. So let me, okay. So, so let me do the traditional. Okay. Let me do the Chris Rowe. So I'm going to hit traditional. Okay vocalizations let me do okay so let me do i want calf i want medium cow and let's just for let's just see mature bull let's just see if that even that even has a combination there volume screw it i want high palette size normal boom all right so it gives me there it is so again and i don't and i know that's not going to come out on you can't so anyway so it it takes up the, so the slide out menu takes up like seven eighths or three quarters of the screen. You just click on the part outside of it. Boom. It gives me one uh, option. And that one option is the beast. Yep. So what can you tell me about the beast? It's a, it looks uh, like it's a two, it's a, it's a two read or a double read. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a two layer 
It's got a V notch in the top green latex. Correct. <laughs> I can just read you that. What I was, was going to say, come on, man. I'm, <laughs> I'm just reading. I don't know a damn thing about these flat reeds, honestly. Uh-huh. <laughs> I said, so as we're sitting here talking, I don't know if we'll be able to do the video. I, I would love to be able to do video. This one's working out. All right. Maybe we'll, maybe I'll post this video. Uh, some of the other ones, whoever's, I know I've got great interaction connection here. But every now and then I'll get somebody on and their their internet sucks and all of a sudden the video kills. We've got to kill the video and then all we're left with is audio. So we've got we've got video here. Do we might be? So I'm looking at Dirk at the video and I I'm looking at him like, son of a, you're just reading the damn thing, damn it! I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm just reading it from I the can, website. I can look at that. I can tell that it's a green on top and a white underneath. But uh, I I don't know a damn thing about those flats. Uh, I, you know, honestly, I haven't used flat reeds since like literally 1992. That's the wrong I mean, answer. That's the wrong answer. <laughs> I've got, I've got a bunch of them here, you like think? dealer samples, like, and, <laughs> and I, and I try them and I just suck bad with them. I mean, it's embarrassing. I sound like somebody that's never used a diaphragm before. Well, how do you classify your upper palate? Is it, is it, quote unquote normal or is it deep or what? I think I mean, it's pretty normal. I think it's pretty average normal. Yeah. So you need training wheels on your calls in order to sound good is what you're saying. Back when I used to blow them, I sounded pretty damn good, but I'd figured it out. But I know it was like a very, very specific spot. I had to have it. And I feel like it's a different position than you would put a normal, um, like, or you would put a, uh, an amp call. It's a different position. I think maybe I need to move it a little further forward. I can't remember how I did it. What I have found is if I, in order for me to just crush it, can't the U just a little bit. Oh yeah. Just, just it. I can't have it perfectly like this. If I just get it a, just a tiny little bit like this, done, done. Huh. Now I did play with the Maverick last year just to see what all the hype was about. And <laughs> quite honestly, for, for what I was wanting to do, dude, it did like 90. I, I mean, quite honestly, that's the, that's the, the call I used all season. Cause I really wanted to run it through the paces. Would it do the cow calling that I wanted to do? And in large fashion, it did. Now what I'm going to tell you, I'm going to do, is I'm going to spend some time with this little filter of yours and I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to choose, I'm going to go through, not today, not right now, but I'm going to go down through and I'm going to play with it and I'm going to choose what I want through your filter, whatever it kicks out at the other. And I'm going to write down what I, what I fill out, whatever it kicks out on the other end, I'm going to get that call. And then I'm going to play with it based on, okay, so this is the, this is the fill. This is, these are the choices that I chose for this particular use. And this is the call that it gave me. Does it do what, is it a match? How, how close is your filter a match? I'll let you know, but that's, that's, this is better than the crazy hot matrix. So whoever came up with that idea, kudos to them. Yeah. One of the guys on the first light team helped us out with it. That's a great idea. He's like, hey, what are you guys thinking about doing that? I said, yes, finally. Yeah. Somebody's like on the same thought yeah. level as you and me. Yep. That and, that works. That works. And he, and he had lots lots of good ideas and input. And 
yeah, it was really good. Right on. So, uh, did I happen to see you in Colorado? I don't think so. All right. You, when? You got a twin. So I drew a limited license. Oh, I almost hit my brakes. So I'm driving <laughs> out. So last week, or was it last week or week before? I don't think it was last week. I don't know. The, the days just blend. That's the problem. See that I don't think, I think, I don't think that people have a normal nine to five really truly understand that when you work for yourself, days of the week are irrelevant, except for the fact at whether or not you need to pick up the phone and call someone else. Because right. those aren't Saturdays and Sundays. You can't do that, but you don't know that until you've already picked up the phone and you got a voicemail and you're like, what the, f Oh, it's, Oh, it's Sunday. Crap. Don't they ever work? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> don't they? Exactly. So they'll, all the days just blend together. I am largely in some cases, I am envious of those people that have, have the regular job because I see these posts where they're like, Oh yeah, it's a weekend and we're going to go and we're going to play. And we're going to go out here. And I'm like, I have no concept of what that even <laughs> a Monday might as well be a Friday. Might as well be a Sunday. Might as well be a Wednesday. Cause they're all the same. <laughs> it's, it's a day to get stuff done. So uh, anyway, I drew a limited license in Colorado. I had to go out to Colorado for a uh, just a quick job. And I took two days to go fart around. It's a new unit. I've never been up there. Uh, it's one that I've always been kind of curious about. And I'm not joking you, man. So I'm coming out of the, uh, off the mountain, down the gravel road. I have to run into town. And on the side of the road is a truck with Idaho plates. Oh, jeez. And I see the Idaho plates and the two guys are standing out by the truck and they're eating lunch. The guy that's facing me, I don't recognize. But the guy that has his back to me, and I, I wasn't going to stop. I'm just cruising down the road, I'm not going overly fast, but I'm going fast enough where I'm going to go by them, you know. And the guy that's standing in the back that whips around and waves. And I wave. And it was one of those things where I'm like, wave, I go by. And I, and I did, I just kind of, I look in the rear view mirror and I almost slammed on the brakes, but I was like, I'm not going to be that guy. Cause I'm not sure. Dude. It, yeah. I thought for sure it was you. And I was no. going to be pissed. I'm like, son of a, did he freaking draw the same tag? <laughs> One step ahead of you. <laughs> exactly. He's already in there. He's in my spot. All right. All right. You're forgiven then. You're, 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 wow. you're, you're off the hook then. What is, so what is your plan for this fall? Um, Idaho, of course, cause I'm a resident just over the counter. I don't put in for the Idaho elk draw because I always put in for the Idaho moose draw and you can only put in for like One. Moose or goat or bighorn sheep or elk. Oof. So I, I want to shoot a moose really bad. And same for 20 years, I've <laughs> been put applying for moose and with no luck. But uh, anyway. Now, so, do you guys hit for on, on your moose? Do you have preference points or is it just a straight lottery? Straight draw. Kind of like New Mexico. It's just like. Yeah, see, I think, man, I think that's better. Colorado went to this, went to the preference points. But I mean, everybody and their brother's uncle started off applying everybody's got max points so it's like irrelevant so what are we even doing here right. you know yeah. just make it a random draw if you're if you're a mathematician you know you can run the odds on that and you're more likely to draw on a just a, a random draw than you are with points yeah. um 
know, if you if you if you break it all out over years and years and years. But uh, anyway, over, over the counter for Idaho, um, I got a unit wide New Mexico landowner tag. Ooh. So we went there to New Mexico last year, two years in a row, tough unit. I'm not going back. <laughs> We're going to a different place. I'm going to go to the place where Jason and Steve hunted last year gotcha. and said there was a lot of elk and it was really good. So um, I'm going to go nice. there. Nice. And then um, I drew a Kansas whitetail tag. Nice. And uh, we've got what, a buddy. We, what unit? Oh, you're, you guys hunt the east side. East side, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, yeah. good. You're out of you're out of the CWZ, CWD zone. Yeah, we got a buddy. He's got a bunch of property there, and uh, he said, "Yeah, you guys come hunt." He's like, "If you draw a tag, then come hunt." Nice. He don't. It's very limited. He don't let anybody. He just him and his couple of his old college buddies hunt it. So it should be really good. Um, and uh, yeah, that's about it. Wow. So you're a light, so not a, not a whirlwind 40 days and 40 nights in 16 States type of deal this year. Not a, not a whole bunch of States. I will say though, I'm going to try to pick up a second elk tag for Idaho, uh, for rifle, um, just to try a different unit and may just learn, learn country, you know, if anything, yeah. you know, I'll probably take my rifle for a walk. I'm the worst rifle hunter in the world, but at least I'm, it gives me like better motivation to like scout and in season scout and if I see an elk and I want to shoot it, I can shoot him and uh, probably won't shoot anything, but um, nice. There's going to be that. So, all right. Now I'm going to, so I'm going to ask you one more question and you can answer however you want, but this question always, it, it, it's, it, it's always going to come up with people that I know of anyway, at least initially. Now that you've been with meat eater for a while mm -hmm. and you've been working with those guys, Obviously, if I say, well, how is it? Well, of course, you know, you're not going to be like, it's the worst fucking, excuse me. It was, it's the worst <laughs> decision I've ever made. So, but honestly, how, how has it been? What, as far as you're concerned and what you see, you know, what, is there a change in, in how you guys do business? You know, like what, you, and we've talked a little bit about some, some of what they have brought to the table, but what has been the change as far as your concern and your daily operation and, and what you do, you know, obviously kind of, how has it been? What, what are they, how has it been with them and what, what are they bringing the table for you? I mean, what's your take on it so far? Um, my day to day hasn't changed too much, really. I mean, um, I, I have quite a bit of freedom, you know, to do my job as I see fit. I report to Jason, Jason reports to whoever and, if there's anything that's big or important, he relays that information to me. And, but for the most part, we, we do what we've always done. Um, we have um, moved our uh, fulfillment to a third party. So we don't ship to our customers or to our dealers any longer. Um, so we've moved that to a third party, which anytime there's change, there's growing pains, you know, and, and I'd like to say, Oh, it's flawless, but you know, it's, We've had some hiccups there, but um, overall, I think as you grow, you have to do different systems for everything, whether it's, you know, um, ordering, if it's, if it's fulfillment, whatever, um, it's, it's got to be better to accommodate larger volume, right? So, um, and as always, you know, there's growing pains, but in the end, I think once, 
once the kinks get wired, ironed out, I think it'll be good, you know, but, uh, you know, one, one different thing, you know, Jason and I both, we used to, you know, if we we're going to go elk hunting and video it film permits, why that's stupid. I'm an American. Yeah. <laughs> it's public land. I can do whatever I want. Right. Within the, the law of, uh-huh. you know, not burning the place down or poaching or, you know, yeah. common laws, Yeah. but like the whole film permit, commercial film permit, you know, that that's, you know, definitely something different for us, but you know, cause meat eater, they want to do things right. Right. You know, they, they don't want to be the exception to the rule. They want to do they want to be the rule because, you know, especially when you get to be a bigger corporation, you know, there's a lot more scrutiny. And let's say somebody didn't like you and wanted to throw you into the bus. You have to have your T's crossed and your eyes dotted, you know, and that's just the way it is. So, um, yeah, they say, so being, they, say they say being above board, you, you when you get there. Yeah, you have to fly well above board. You cannot give anyone an a, a single thread on which they can tug at. Otherwise, they just because there's so many people out here that just want to tear you down. Um, right. So they they can't. Of course, they can't. I mean, they there's just no way they can. Yeah, and it's it's like you know you don't play with the gray area, right? Yep. Which is to me, I like it because if you don't play with the gray area, everything's black and white, you know, the rules, it's very defined. We know where we can play. This is where we work. This is where we play. Cool. Done. Done. You know, it's, 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 to me, it's easier. And one of my older careers was like that, you know, these are the rules. We don't, we don't dive into the gray area at all. Period. Great. I love that because this is the rule. It makes decision-making very easy. You know, you know, it's just, it's way it's, it's easier. So I like that. Um, now, I don't like filling out applications for film permits because they're. <laughs> so, so let me ask you up there, have they streamlined it yet? Because it used to be just all straight up. Um, each forest did their own thing. And then yeah. they, they were supposed to basically streamline it from the U S forest service to make it all just basically one blanket you know, deal like a hundred dollar permit, boom, done over. That's what it is. Well, I have found, I'm finding that ain't, I haven't tripped. I haven't found that to be yet. I know it's still each national forest is different. And, and there's an app, there's a, there's kind of a, like a base application. I think every one of them give you, but some of them are very picky, you know, you know, uh, here a couple of years ago or let, no, last year, even in New Mexico, they wanted, um, they wanted our emergency plan. Yes. You know, let's say somebody's injured. What are you going to do? You know, you had to list all the hospitals you had to, you know, how are you going to deal with different injuries and stuff? I mean, I was a four or five page thing I had to print out or make build and submit. Um, I had to make sure that we had someone that was CPR, uh, first aid qualified, you know, certified, Wow. So they treated you. So that's very similar to the special use permit you get through what, like we do down in Arizona for whether it's the Kayabab or Coconino or whatever, when you, when you're pulling their special use permit. Yeah. I mean, but that's, I always thought that to be different because I'm taking someone I'm, I'm, I'm responsible quote unquote for someone else, me, my business, my name to take them out in the field and go hunt, you know, but for a film deal, that's interesting. Yeah. And then like the, the, the standard permit thing you're filling in, you know, is asking you, you know, what kind of props are you going to have? How many, uh, yeah. 
non-permanent structures are you going to build? And it's basically for a Hollywood production. And we're like, okay, right. this is the, there's going to be two or three people here and we're going to camp in a tent and yes. we're going to, you know, what, what about we're going, have, we're, we're going to have three iPhones and one DSLR. Right. Right. We're not doing this and see, this is why I wish, and I was hoping that they would do it. They were taught, they were supposed to do it. It was supposed to make the, the small, because again, you look at all the GoPro people and, and all the other, I mean, good Lord. I mean, you can throw a GoPro on your head and go for a hike and then turn around. And, and if you've got a million followers, obviously you can monetize that thing and you can make money off of it. So you're technically a commercial, you know, film deal, but it's like, I'm, I've got a GoPro camera on my head and I'm going to take a hike like everyone else does. And I need to get a special use permit that's this thick. And I've got to pay you, you know, how much, what's my projected income off of this video, you know, or what I'm doing. And then here's a percentage. It's like, Oh my freaking word, man. Yeah. 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 The most expensive permit I bought last year was 2,300 bucks. Ooh, for how long? How many days? 10 days. <laughs> the, uh, I think another one of them was 1300 bucks. Um, yeah. I mean, <laughs> and people and people ask me all the time people ask me all the time they're like chris you know we haven't seen any video from you know like where's your where's your video i'm like okay i'm out here slugging it now you guys are obviously you are too but you guys are doing a different type of deal than i am i mean you've got at least people you know walking around the hill with you to to capture everything i'm just my own right. guy and i'm walking around on public ground i'm like dude i'm on the over-the-counter unit and i have no idea where i'm gonna be i don't know if i'm gonna be in that forest that forest or that part of the state how do i get a permit there's That's just the what, there's no way i can get a permit and yeah nope. i can film a little you know like this stuff on the iphone and that type of stuff but if i'm going to sit down and i'm going to produce a stinking video man when i had my high country camp it was awesome because i knew where i was going i knew that no one else was going to be in there and i knew that there was going to be elk in there there i, I was there was going to be some footage and then back in the day, it was be oh, we had such a great relationship with the lady that did that because she was like, "All right, well, how many days do you want?" And I'm like, "Well," and and I'm not, I'm not even mentioning. I don't even know if she is there. I know, I think she retired, but she set it up to where she's like, "All right, you're going to be up there for ten days, right?" I'm like, "Yeah." Are you going to get footage every day? No. She's like, "All right, well, then you'll pay for three days." And you can film for three out of those 10 days. You choose the days you want to film. And I was like, yes, I can do that. I can do yeah. that because it gives me a couple of days to get up there, figure out what's going on. And I could tell her, you know, at, after the fact, I was like, all right, I filmed on this day. I filmed on that day. And then I filmed on that day. All right, boom, there you go. Boom, done. I was like, whole, and then she retired. I'm like, <laughs> I want that back. Cause that made it, that made it doable. You spend a couple hundred bucks. Okay. I can, I can justify spending a couple hundred bucks on, on legitimately across 10 days. I'm not going to get killer footage all 10 days. It's just not going to happen. So right. how about I just pay for the days that I got some really good, maybe it was four days and I tell her, okay, we got some really good footage on four days that I'm going to use. There you go. Boom. Done. All right. Done. It was yeah. awesome. It was yeah. awesome. I, I don't know, each individual forest, I, I understand the reasoning behind it and I, and I respect it. However, for the small operator like us, like well, especially you guys, what you're doing now, 
You're not, you're not creating environmental damage. You're not bringing in a major truck with, like you said, props. You're not disturbing large areas of vegetation and all that. No, it's, I'm going to have a DSLR. We're going to go backpack camp and we're going to document what we're doing up there. Here's your hundred dollars. Thank you very much. Done. That I think it really needs to be like a hundred dollar special use fee and be done with it. Yeah. Yeah, there should be different tiers of it, you know. Oh, you're a large production company, you know, making Hollywood or or type movies. Yeah, absolutely. You know, those are big budgets. They are going to create, you know, an impact yeah, on yeah. the environment. You're bringing sure. in a, a film crew with lighting and everything else to where you're going to create. Okay, you're going to create and you want to go take your Jeep through the mud hole or, or tear up the side of the mountain or whatever. Okay, you're... Again, here we talk about the excise tax. You're 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 taking something out of there. You got to put something back in, but not a stinking GoPro camera or a DSLR. I yeah. Well, the crazy part too is like you got like uh, let's say uh, Montana Wilderness. They just will not give you a permit, film permit there, because it's a commercial. Blah blah blah. And there's all these watchdog groups, but but my question is, to me is like all right, you won't give me a commercial use permit, but there's an outfitter outfitting and hunting under a commercial use permit. And, and they have a wall tent, tent and they've got 15 pack animals yeah. and they're, they're trucking in and hay and everything else. They're, they're putting a damage on the landscape and you, you gave them a special use permit. Yeah. But you won't give, you know, some small person, a, a video, a film permit to, it's, it's crazy. I mean, you can propose, you can send up some proposals in and you can kind of go back and forth with them. If you're like doing a film that's promoting that wilderness and, you know, yada, 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 but it can't be your typical hunting film. It'd be half like, okay, we're going to go to the Bob Marshall wilderness and the beauty of the Bob Marshall. And here are the animals that live there. Here we are at the trailhead. Look at this beautiful manuscript. And we're going to go up the trail and we're going to stop right here at this Creek crossing on this. Look at the beautiful log crossing that they have here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah no. it, it can't be what we're looking to do. Right. So it's just funny that that that's not, that's not on the table. It's weird to yeah. me. It's- yeah, I, I'm debating on whether or not I even, I mean, I'm getting to the point where I need to, I need to piss or get off the pot if I'm going to try to do something, but same thing, this particular unit, there are two different forests. So which one do I choose? Yeah. Or, do, or do I, and that's the thing is the last guy, the last person I took down in Arizona, that was, it was unit seven West. That's in two completely different forests, Coconino and Kayabat. Guess what? Buck up the cha-ching paid both. Both. Yeah. So it was a double dip because how much are you going to make off of this hunt? Well, I'm charging this month. Okay. Well then we get this percent of that fee. Then the other forest, how much are you making on this hunt? This much. Okay. We get that much. Okay. So I just paid double. I, I just yeah. paid double. I couldn't split the money. I couldn't say, well, I'm going to make, you know, half the money on you and half the money. Nope. That ain't how it is because, well, we don't know that. Maybe, maybe it's just because you're in seven West. Maybe you'll spend all your time on Kaibab or maybe you'll spend all your time on Coconino. So, well, you're paying full, not on both. It's like, okay. So I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I'm going to, I don't know what I'm going to do yet this year. I've got to make a decision, but we'll see. Cool, brother. I'll cut you loose. It's been a while. I mean, we, I've, I've kept you for a little bit. 
but how's everything else yeah. going, man? How, how's, how's Idaho treating you guys? And Good, good. We moved to, it's Southern Idaho to me, but if you're from down this direction, this isn't Southern, Southern Idaho. It's the Boise area, right? But, but the people in real South Idaho resent that. They're like, that's not Southern Idaho. But for a guy like me that comes from North, North Central Idaho, I'm like right at the base of the panhandle where I came from. So, you know, it's South Idaho to me. How far but, from Greensville? Um, I'm about three and a half hours, three hours from Grangeville, three and a half. We have friends out there. And yeah. where I used to live was about an hour from Grangeville. Yeah. What's the, uh, just real quick, what's the status on wolves? What are, what are we, what are you guys farting around with up there now? How, how is it? Has it changed? Um, I, I, I would never say it's good. <laughs> wolves are not good. <laughs> Uh, but I feel like, um, so there's a, uh, an organization called foundation for wildlife management who does a reimbursement. If you shoot a wolf, they reimburse you. You have to be a member of the group. I think it's 35 bucks a year to be a member of the foundation. And if you shoot a wolf in certain units, there's certain payouts. I think some are like a thousand bucks. Some are like 500 bucks. I think there might be a $2,000 one. I can't remember. I'd have to look. It's been a while since I've looked at it, but um, yeah. Um, so that's great. So these guys are learning how to trap wolves and they're getting reimbursed. The state of Idaho recognizes this group as a good asset. So they gave them like a $250,000 grant to help with the reimbursement. Wow. And they, they, they're using that grant money and, uh, and member fees, you know? Yeah. That, that, so it's doing well. It's that, that's really helped a lot. Um, getting people educated on how to, how to trap wolves and how, how to, how to do it right. The guys are investing, do it, trapping wolves. They're doing it right. They're not some knuckleheads out there. Just not even doing it right. They're doing it right. You know, they're by the law, by the book. Um, and they're, you know, some guys are getting 10 wolves a year. Not a lot of them, but a few of them are, but and that's, that, that's, and that, and that has not been challenged yet by the activists. Knock on oh, they, challenge it. They, they challenge it. Yeah. But the thing is, in fact, they just passed some legislation in Idaho. Um, they, um, they pulled out all the stuff, pretty much all the stops on wolves as far as um, methods of harvest. I mean, you can shoot them at night, you can shoot them over bait. Um, I think you can shoot them from a helicopter. Maybe I'm not sure. I'd, you'd have to relook. You'd have, yeah, I'd yeah. have to re reread it. But they pull out most of the stops, and they got a lot of guff over it. But if you look at harvest results, you look at everything else. In the end, they're not denting the population. I mean, if anything, it's not growing. Maybe it's kind of held it at a standstill. But um, all these um, bleeding heart, you know, wolf activists. They think, oh, it's a slaughter. It's going to be a slaughter. Um, I'd like to challenge any one of them. I'd say, I'll pay $1,000. You go out and get me an in-focus, decent picture of a wolf that you photograph. took. Photograph of a wolf that you took yourself. I mean, that should be like, you act like they're so dumb and they're going to get slaughtered. Go take a picture of one for me. And, and, yeah, I, Nobody can do it. I mean, well, uh, it, <laughs> unless you're in Yellowstone with a, that's, with a that's the millimeter limb. And, and that's the problem. And I, and I, and I brought this up on my little bonus podcast the other day, a progressive ideology, a progressive mindset will always over, over exaggerate the problem they see over there. Right. 
but the, oh, the, our side, no, these, no, there's no, there's no issue. There's no issue. So th- their response to what you would be saying, your, your challenge, your, your, you know, whatever, what they would say is, well, there's no way I can because, because the population is so decimated and there's so few wolves that there's no way we'd ever find them. And that's the problem. That's the problem. We'll never be able to see one because you guys are killing way too many. Yeah. Yeah. I, I yeah, dealt exactly. with it with with prairie dog issues on the front range of Colorado. Anytime you deal with those controversial wildlife species, it's just like their side, everything's glorious. Your side, pure evil. Right. I watched the situation with, with prairie dogs. They they would protest on a site that a site was going to get developed and the prairie dogs need to be killed, you know, killed or removed. And thousands of prairie dogs. Dude, this is like a three acre site. There's like 50 prairie dogs on it. What are you talking about? You know, thousands of prairie dogs. Shut up. Meanwhile, they're over on another site that's like 30 acres big, and there's probably a thousand prairie dogs on there. And they're like, no, no, no. We just need a permit for a hundred. There's only a hundred. We're like, you're full of shit that there's a no, no, no. No, there's a hell of a lot more than that. No, no, no. Our problem is nothing. It's minimal. No, it's peach. No, you, you're evil. So, yeah. yeah. How are the elk responding to that, though? I mean, how is the elk hunting? Has it, you know, obviously Uh, there was, you know, there was a massive change in elk behavior, vocalization, how much they wanted to, you know, vocalize. What do you guys see in these days? Um, I still think, think, you know, the, the, the populations are, are reacting well. Like there's, there's some, you, you're actually seeing more elk tracks, elk sign in places that you haven't seen it for a while. Um, and as far, but you know, I've got buddies, I didn't hunt up North la- the last couple of years. And I got buddies that still say that, you know, last, the last two years, they haven't heard good, good bugling. Um, but I feel like those guys could probably get away from the road a little bit more and, and stretch their legs into some places. I mean, yeah, maybe right next to the road, there's not as much bugling, but there's other places that I, I think I'd probably find some if I were to go up, but, um, I did go up into a place I used to hunt years and years ago that just got hammered by wolves and there hasn't been any elk in there for years. I put out, um, I put out a, some salt at a wallow and a trail camera. I just, for just for viewing purposes, I don't hunt salt, you know, it's illegal. Number one. And I mean, I don't, I call elk in, right. I'm not going to sit on a salt lake, but anyway, I said, I put out some salt next to a, a wallow, um, and hopes of seeing some elk on it. Um, there wasn't a rub from last year, but no other rubs in the area, no elk tracks whatsoever. Uh, I did see like one, one wolf turd that was probably a year old on the trail that this trail, they used to traditionally always used to have some spots. They would, they'd crap. They're kind of like coyotes or dogs. They always like to crap in the same spots, right? They're going to mark their, yep. They're going to mark. I found an old white turd that looked like it was probably over a year old, which was encouraging because usually if they're in that area, there's, you know, varying ages of, of scat there. So I'm like, okay, well maybe, maybe they're not in here that much, but you know, and there's quite a few deer tracks in that spot too. So I'm like, well, there's, there's food here for them, but they're just not here. So maybe, maybe this, the, the trappers have kind of helped kind of thin them out to where they're just not everywhere. Um, but yeah, I don't know it, you know, people, it's funny, like in that North, North Idaho, they say, well, it's, it's what you don't understand. It's not the wolves. It's the habitat. It's the habitat. It's overgrowth. You know, you had the 1910 fire that 
that destroyed millions of acres and yada, yada, yada. And now all the understory is grown up and the elk can't reach any feed and they're, they're starving to death. And that's what happened to all the elk. Well, it's funny because the last five, 10 years, we've had a lot of forest fires. And, and this place where I was at, where I hung, put this camera, the big fire had been in there, you know, in 2016, I think. There's still no elk in there. Yeah, It's like they ate all the seed elk. The elk are going to have to come from somewhere else to, to get yeah. back in those areas. And if, if there's not a lot of elk close by to move there, it's going to take a long time to refill those areas. Even, I don't care how good the habitat is. Correct. No, there's, I, great, I, there's, there's great habitat everywhere up there anyway. Yeah, no, I, I, I deal with that too on the whitetail side out here. Well, whitetail and turkey. I mean, you hear that all the time about you know, predator management. No, it's really not predator man. You really need to manage the habitat, manage the habitat, manage the habitat. It's like, okay, hold on a minute. Especially when you're in a situation where we are out here, where a lot of the people, we can't manage the habitat. The habitat is what the habitat is. We've got ag, we've got creek bottoms, and we've got little pockets of waste ground. That stuff has not changed. What has changed? We are now a corn, we're, we're now corn country where we used to be winter wheat. Winter wheat does not subsidize raccoon populations. Corn does. Oh, yeah. So our habitat has stayed eh, kind of fairly consistent, but what hasn't stayed consistent is our predators. They've gone through the freaking roof. So is it a a habitat issue really given the fact that we still have the essential same habitat that we've had no we there are times when you have a predator issue and at some point we got to put our big boy panties and and pants on and say okay let's have an honest discussion will we have that not within the what i call the native rangers those those people that no it's nope 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 it's 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 pure it's you got to have the you got to have the puritan you know, blinders on and it's like, mm. so no, it, it'll be interesting to see what happens up in that neck of the woods. Then, it, you know, like you said, do you get a, a, a cow calf group that decides to pioneer up there hauling along with them, maybe a, a spike or two that, you know, they're like, hell, this will work, you know, and yeah. they decide to camp out and, you know, the wolves have moved out because all the bulk of the elk have moved out and then they kind of get to live there for a little bit and have a little bit, a bit of a breather. So, right. Which is funny, you know, like, like you say, moved out, like a lot of the elk that didn't get, eat, get eaten, they just moved, they moved to town, like around town. There's, there's more elk than there's ever been. I mean, it's crazy, but they feel safe there. That's right. That's they right. All right, brother. I'll, I'll let you go, man. I know well, it's getting dinner time. I, I'm sure my wife is, is she's getting done with work. And anyway, it is what it is. Um, I appreciate you coming on. Number one, number two, I appreciate you talking again. It, that just sucked last year, but it's probably for the best because you guys have made changes now, substantive changes on the website for people to figure out better on how to, to navigate through you know, purchasing the, uh, the mouth diaphragms. Like I said, I'm going to do that. I want to play with that little tool that you guys have and I'm going to, it'll puke out some recommendations. I'll, I'll, I'll order those calls and, and I'll test them against that filter and see how close, how close to that. Seriously, how close does it come? You know, because 
I'm, I think it'll, I mean, obviously you guys know what the hell you're talking about. So I'm sure it's going to be pretty damn close, but I think doing that, it'll give other people confidence to say, okay, yeah, I, I'm going to, I'm just going to punt. I have no idea, but I think this, uh, I think that, and I think this, and I, I'll try that. And yeah, what came out the other end is what you asked for, you know? Yeah. So that's a good, that's, that's, that's good, man. So right on brother. Well, unless there's anything else I'll bid you adieu and uh, we'll just stay in touch. And I do, I want to <laughs> see how this, this baby works out and uh, we'll get, we'll get, uh, we'll see how next week. So this will probably air on Monday. And then your big release is going to start rolling out that week, right? Yeah, th- the thirteenth. So cool, right on. Well, they should be I, available for purchase on the thirteenth. So do you, do you guys have like a, a um, I mean, do you guys have a box of like twelve or fifteen of these? So when people buy them, you will have calls that you can send out the door. Um, yeah, we got like a bunch of them. I, I think there's like, I think we sent 3,500 of them yesterday, the other day. There you go. All right. Well, yeah. So let's see how fast you sell out. Yeah. I, I hope you do. I hope you do. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Cool, man. All right. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. Uh, well, I guess before we go, tell, tell everybody where uh, they want to find you now, now that you guys are having a little bit of, of connectivity with Meat Eater, where do people go to find you? And um, yeah, what are all the deets? Um, if you want to find just me specifically um, on Instagram, Facebook, The Bugler, one word. Um, I have a YouTube channel. It's called The Bugler uh, for all my old content. All my new hunts and stuff are going on Phelps Game Calls uh, YouTube channel. And I'm the social media manager on 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 uh, Phelps too. So Ooh, that's see, rough. You'll you'll see some of the the dumb stuff I think up and put on there. And, and Jason helps out too, but. Um, a lot of that's my stuff. So, yeah, but your website is still Phelps Game Calls. You know, PhelpsGameCalls.com, same yeah, spot. So, people do not, do not go. Now, I, okay, so you do not have to go to the Meat Eater. However, no. if you do go to the Meat Eater at the top of the of the toolbar there, you will see the their family of calls. I think they're linked, aren't they? I'm yeah. pretty sure. Yeah, there's icons right at the top of the page on whether you're on FHF or media or first line, you'll see okay. all the brands up there and you just click on it and it takes you to our portion of the website, which it pretty much looks like our old one. You know, it's got the same look and feel that way. You're not like, I hate this new thing these guys did, but it's pretty much the same thing, but yeah. just together. Yeah, exactly. All right. So that's, that's the big point. You do not have to go to meat eater to find Phelps now. It's still PhelpsGameCalls.com. It's right. gonna it's gonna go right to the same site. Everything else is streamlined. Yeah. So well, one one um, one negative thing is you're you're gonna have to start over. You start your account over. You know whatever you used to have a profile or account, a shopping profile or shopping account. You have to recreate another one. So you're basically your your name, address, information. Um, you know if you maybe had an unused gift card. Um, you'll have to just re, re restart that on there too. So, um, gotcha. but, but the customer service is primed and waiting for, for calls. Cause you know how it is. Uh, anytime there's something new and it, people have struggled, sometimes struggle with it, you know, for whatever reason, and there's people there to answer questions. So cool. Right on, man. Well, 
Thank you. Appreciate the time, bro. Yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, good, left, good luck with the rest of the summer prep. We'll be talking before then. Uh, but until next time, man, have a great evening and uh, we'll talk soon. Okay. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, man. See ya. All right. Bye. Bye-bye.